I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Here we are, gentlemen. Where are we? Oh, my God, I can hear my voices in my head. <laughs> Mr. Critter Weiss, how hey, are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Good did to you, see you guys. Did you mute that iPad before this before it happened? I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was the first. I actually, so we have th- this whole lot Facebook Live part being um, viewed in a few different places in here, and almost every episode, about 30 seconds in, this thing starts screaming at us because I'm a dumbass. Nice, so. nice. So, Critter, um, man, the skydiving world changes every so many months, I think it is. Like, maybe every two weeks we have a whole new set of staff at any given drop zone. It's yep. just, we are a life of, or a world of gypsies and vagabonds. So, a lot of our old jumpers know you, and, and even a lot of our old jumpers, kind of weird to think that way, have been taught by you. Uh, but a lot of them have no clue who you are, and yep. they're better off for it. Probably. Absolutely. Not probably. <laughs> they absolutely are better off. I, now, yeah, go ahead. They may not be as entertained on weather holds though there was some good stuff john berry's at a tunnel right yeah who's, who's launching giant slingshot things <laughs> although dq's I, holding the torch so, i do feel like I we see. used to have better weather holds okay. i do, i definitely good. agree wow. with that I feel, I feel good there dq is not holding the torch he's grown up he's mature he hangs out all quiet and, and hides in corners and doesn't create chaos there's a fantastic video of some pot flying like hundred feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. That, that one is good. Yeah, uh, that that was only a couple years ago, over by the pond, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I wish you guys were here when when I moved here from Indiana. I may or may not have shown up with sixty quarter sticks of dynamite. I can't remember who my my buddy got them from a guy in Chicago and <laughs> and legitimately got them from a guy in Chicago, maybe on a DZ somewhere in that area, and he would bring them back to our DZ in Indiana, and he bought them back like a hundred at a time. That's I'm moving awesome. to Texas, and he's like, bro, take all these. I'll get more. Don't worry about it. They're 60. I'm like, sweet. We were launching pots legitimately 300 feet in the air. Remember the old trash can 55-gallon barrels we had? We would launch those 100 feet in the air with these little things. That's fantastic. Yeah, dude. They were a blast. Um, so a lot of people, they don't know where who you are. I think the first time I ever met you, saw you, or knew you were around was 09 Nationals. Yeah. Yep. And, and I really didn't meet you as much as I, I just seen you around because you were the funny-looking dude who knew how to swoop. And I pretty much never, never left. Yep. Nope. Never went away, <laughs> man. The whole, the whole plan was I was leaving. Uh, I was a tandem master at uh, Skydive Las Vegas, swinging through here with my trailer, dog in tow, um, to hit nationals and then keep going as far east as I could get. The intent to get close to the, to the FLCPA in Florida and pretty much just got stuck here and never left. Yeah, got stuck here. You met a young lady in a loading area <laughs> named Lisa. Yes. Fast forward. That was a little later. The first yeah. thing was I followed, pretty much I followed, it's interesting because Jace is in Guam or Saipan now. Who is? Justin Locke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I met him my first day in Skydive Las Vegas. He was walking into the into the bar that everyone hung out after the jumping was done in a uh, Skydive, whatever it was, Davis shirt, something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you must work at the drop zone. He was like, oh, you're the new guy taking my job. And um, then, <laughs> when I, then when I saw him at Spaceland, he was like, 
you're here again. And I'm just about to leave again. I was like, all right, I guess, you know, let me know where you're going next. And I'll just, uh, I'll just keep following you. You should have followed him to that gig, dude. That is a money gig. Yeah. Yeah. Our friends over in Saipan and Guam are living, A, in a beautiful island that may very well be Bombay and Korea. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. If they story. can hit it. Dude, I mean, come on. <laughs> just because we're chinkai doesn't mean we can't hit shit, bro. Come on. Wait, hang on. Are you claiming North Korean heritage right no, now? Is that what you're no, 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 you no, no. That? You say we all look the same uh, round uh, eye. Banana hammock. <laughs> So just want to make sure that you're agreeing with the stereotype that all you Asians are the same. Is that, is that absolutely, dude. Okay, we yeah, all eat he dog. Owned it, he owned it. We all look alike, and we all like built Hondas at some point in our lives. <laughs> so, by the way, built in America since the V-tech. '80s. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, <laughs> you should follow them there. But now, now you land here in Houston. Yeah. You are uh, when you showed up. You were tandem and AFF already. Tandem AFFI. Yep. You had spent um, some time, I think, and start. Yeah, no, I was at start the second season that they were up and running there, back when they were still in Lebanon. And oh, I six, followed seven. something like that. Yeah. Followed Kip Miller from there. <laughs> I know. Well, that's a whole other story. He's a good dude. He, he is. He is a he's g- a trip. He's in character. Yeah. I don't know what the hell he's doing these days. I haven't seen Kip in forever. He retired about five, six. Oh, man, I can't. Oh, nine, I think. I know he was in Sebastian for a while trying to run a school down there, and then all kinds of... You know, happened. he has all back problems from yeah. his years in the army and the Golden Knights, and he uh, he finally retired and he turned into a Harley mechanic. So, I guess that that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I can't see him doing it. Would you say else. that it's Harley a surprise? <laughs> Man, I wish John Barry was here for cricket noise. Cricket. If I'm you sorry, I can't help <laughs> it. Man. I I can't I, I can't help it. That that's what goes on in my brain all day. I hear some shit and it's like, hey, that kind of sounds like that other thing. You should say that and no one will like it. So yeah, good, good point, brain. I'll do that. The best part was the dead silence for for a few seconds, <laughs> man. I, I did see it building on Critter Space. I knew I was gonna get at least a good. All I could think of is y'all seen those videos where it's the comedians yeah, it's telling the dad, like, dad jokes, jokes yes. and they can't they can't hold it together i'm like hold it together play this cool nope and for what it's worth i was holding back too i i got a couple comments this week nick about john barry's podcast and people said man i don't know like a few people know john barry and they're like dude for a second i was wondering did you have crickets in your house or something and (laughs) oh people actually caught it yeah okay so i've had a handful of people mention to me uh some knowing that John Barry's like, did John Barry do cricket noises or was that my imagination? <laughs> like, yes. The plan was to never talk about it. Yeah. And then uh, I had one person who doesn't know John ask me, like, dude, were there crickets in your house during that podcast? Did you not hear that? <laughs> so we had a little bit of fun with it. That's awesome. Um, ow. So, yeah, now now you've hardly moved on into your skydiving story in Spaceland. <laughs> you eventually, you show up here and, God, how long did you work full time at the DZ? It was either four or five years, I think. Is the it? longest I've stayed anywhere since I learned to skydive. Absolutely. And it's something we don't do well. Two years in one place is a yeah. long time for most staff. You know, we, we have myself, Nick. What's that old grumpy dude's name who thinks he's a football player? Dan Lane. That's that's the guy. <laughs> man. I love you, Dan Lane. Um, he, dude, he's Tom Brady's illegitimate love child, and he will swear by that every day of the week. Oh, yeah. He would um, own that. There's not many of us besides who've been there quite uh, that long. Uh, Raul, Matthew Peterson, DQ. 
and even more be- more than any drop zone I've ever been to as far as long term staff. But it's also a larger op than. It's year round. We 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 got year round skydiving, which is something that I came for. I, I used to work eight months a year, and when I moved here as a full time instructor, I made the exact same amount of skydives in a year's time frame. I just didn't wear my body out doing it. Yeah, you know, over a thousand jumps every eight months, or over a thousand jumps every twelve months. It was healthier for my mind and my body. Yeah. Um. Well, it's easier to run financially. I just got no skydivers all really good at. Budgeting and balance. And all I'm of married. Those things, you, you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which just means someone else tells you that you're fucking it up and you got to do it right. No, she doesn't tell me anything. She just doesn't let me have any money. That, you understand? Uh, yes. <laughs> no shared she accounts. She makes those decisions for you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. I mean, that was certainly a draw and a benefit to it, right? You you don't yeah. have to worry about winter and sitting in your house eating ramen. You can still get up and be at the drop zone at seven and make a couple jumps and keep it trickling in. And not be too scared of the gear you're working with. I mean, there's places that we've seen gear that's just so shady and, sh- and, and shaky that as an oh, instructor, yeah. I wouldn't want to work there. Um, you know, that's something definitely. Nothing like a nice Telesis container for your <laughs> student rig, right? That was my first rig. That was <laughs> not my first rig, but that was the student gear where I was well, doing AFF, started. right? Yeah, I started Telesis 2 with a Manta 288. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Very, very That common. was actually the first rig that I ground launched was a Manta 288. Dang, man. Yeah. People still use that, by the way. I learned to skydive 20 years ago. This next Wednesday will be my 20th anniversary, and there are still schools teaching people on the equipment I learned 20 years ago, which isn't wrong or bad. It's it's viable equipment, but there's more modern things. Oh, there's so much on. better stuff out there. It's yeah. crazy. It also just seems like at a certain point, it's like a... It's like a not a collector's car, not a vintage automobile, but like, you know, you're you're dumping in more money in maintenance than you are just scrapping the thing and buying something new. Absolutely, you know, but it's it's like owning a, a 83 Gremlin. At some point, you're like, fucking get out of here, bro. <laughs> you know, hey, I have like a 63 Corvette split window. Yeah, I'm in for that. Yeah. Well, it depends on if that Gremlin is, you know, baby blue with flames. Mama mia, mama mia. <laughs> um. No, sing it out loud. You, you, uh, I should have. Yeah. I it's an ex- I didn't, I didn't, excellent movie. Yeah. So you eventually, uh, man, you're, the story of your love is one of my favorite stories. And there's so many reasons the story of your love with Lisa is one of my favorite. And part of it is, is your wedding was a colossal clusterfuck, dude. <laughs> Valerie and I, were you, were you at this wedding, Nick? I was not, but you've described it to sound very romantic. Yeah. So said and done, it was super, <laughs> super romantic, but it was one of the greater flood times of Houston. Yeah. In an hour, oh, seven or eight inches of rain. right. Yeah. She almost didn't even make it there. Yeah. We were in... Or the dress didn't almost make it there. We were in an Explorer was. driving down the fucking road, and all of a sudden, our car is halfway in water. I look out, and the wheels are almost completely covered in water and we're driving up on the median the raised island just to stay dry enough the car in front of us people will jump out of the back seat in this piss poor can't see anything rain and they're holding branches back to clear the roadway for the car they're in and then they hold it open and they're waving us through like come on in come on in and like fuck yeah because val and i are in dress clothes to go to y'all's wedding and i don't know if we would have got flooded out sitting there yeah i mean it was that was that was intense without a doubt yeah the fact that it was supposed to be out back and Chelsea Turnham saved the day because we were all by that point. It, everyone was so flustered with the dress being at our house in Bel Air and Lisa's parents trying to get it to the to the restaurant and not being able to get it there. And what do we do with the dogs inside? And the guy at first didn't want the dogs inside the restaurant, and then he was just like, "Screw it, whatever, bring them in." And we're like, "Do we wait for it? Do we not?" And Chelsea was like, "Shut up! You don't wait. 
put the candles here, and off we go. Let's do this. And it was You could have planned it better. The execution of this wedding is... I hate weddings. I'm not a big fan of going to weddings in general. And I've been to a handful of weddings where I'm like, I will go to this wedding every time ever again. Dude, my favorite wedding I've ever been to is your and Lisa's. And the crowd, the people, the way we were forced inside and how intimate... You know, we had a, a, a... It couldn't have worked out better. It was perfect. Half med students, half skydivers, and I don't think you could get any two more crass, uh, crass crowds, you know? It was definitely <laughs> some some raunchiness going on. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I will never, ever hear the song, Hey Jude, without <laughs> singing it in a crowd to your wedding. The, this whole fuck... What was the name of the joint we were at? That was Cafe Brazil. And the whole joint was just us, private reserve, you know, private yeah. reserve, and everybody, top of their lungs, hand in hand in a giant circle, the whole place swaying to Hey Jude, <laughs> eventually into a picture. Yep. Oh, my God. That was uh, absolutely. That was, it was, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. The story of your love, it was, uh, so many of us that night looked at each other with love and compassion, and, and the love that you and Lisa spread that night, I don't know if y'all realized how much it touched all of us. Oh. The, many of us still talk about that night and and do the love we received from y'all and and then of course each other. So well, when when we got engaged, she was like, you know, I don't I don't feel the need to do a big thing. I don't really want to do a big thing. That's and I was why like, she married you, right? <laughs> I was like, no, we need to. Like, I I first off, I want to. It's gonna be fun. But what what are we doing? We're throwing a a party for our friends and family to celebrate. Yes. Like you said, that love, and that's part of it is them being there, right? And so that was. That was definitely part of it and why we wanted to do it. And, you know, having the dogs in it was obviously super important and a ton of fun. And Cafe Brazil was a really cool spot to do it. We're that, lucky. I think we were yeah. like the second wedding. And the first one was their GM at the time. So we actually got a pretty decent deal on it, all things considered. Dude, so. their staff were excellent to us. I mean, it, it was just such such a wonderful night. And as awesome as that love for y'all to share is... I regularly will joke around about what kind of idiot goes on a date with a girl once and moves in with her. That's what Valerie and I did. You know, it was love at first sight. I walked up to Valerie, hit on her, found out she was engaged, walked away. Two years later, she said, by the way, I'm divorced now. What's up, Jack? And and we're together. Love at first sight. You would probably mock that at some point in your life. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And what changed your mind? (laughs) Lisa absolutely did. Well, Between that and then, yeah. So tell her, tell the story okay, in the loading so, area, man. This is one of my favorites. So the the loading area was it in the loading area. Or the plane now. I thought I it was thought a loading we in the area because we. It's your memory, so Lindley was doing jumps with her, and it was, she was on to the point where she was doing her coach jumps, not her her student jumps, right? So upper level, upper STP level STP, yeah. us whatever, fifteen plus, right? Nine plus, nine plus. Yeah, been a while. Been yeah, a while. yeah, yeah. Um, dog man <laughs> so um and we're sitting in the plane and you know you're chatting with your instructor and she's chatting with Lindley and I I think I had a student with me I don't think I was doing a video um and Lindley was like oh critter she likes to cook and I'm like really she likes to cook and Lindley was like yeah and she's in med school I'm like likes to cook and she's a doctor I'll marry her right now and Lisa was like I'd say yes and that was kind <laughs> of like the first little the first little interaction that I had with her. That was the spark. Right? That was the spark. And I didn't know that. And then, story. Um, and then the poking and poking and teasing her a little bit when she landed in the swamp and was stuck on that uh, that barbed wire fence in the swamp. <laughs> that was her. Sorry, sorry, baby. <laughs> sorry. I forgot bringing that one up. And oh. um, she's wearing one of Rory's long sleeve white t shirts because she all her clothes are soaked. 
and she's like stressed out and kind of embarrassed, obviously, and all this other fun stuff. And um, she, we're standing like right out by the loading area, and it's starting to rain. And she's like, "Oh no, it's starting to rain. We better." I'm like, "Oh yeah, the girl who just landed in the swamp is worried about getting <laughs> rained on. Yeah, we should totally jump out of the the rain here." Um, yeah, and that was that was pretty much the start of it. Oh man. That story only the only time I've ever heard that story told the best way is when y'all told it at your wedding, because excuse me. <coughs> uh, sorry, I'm getting over another cold. I've I've fought more colds this summer than I, I fought in a given year usually, and in the summertime, great great time for yeah. it, right? So it really sucks. Um, I just I love that story. I love the passion y'all share. I am uh, the perpetual bachelor. I'll never get married. I'll never 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 settle down. And when I met Val, I turned into the hopeless romantic. Yeah. And uh, you're a sap, yeah. right? So it works out. Uh, eventually, all this leads to kind of like I wanted you here today, period, just because you're a homie and I, I like to have my friends around. But you eventually quit skydiving for work because yeah. you had uh, neck issues. Back. So it was lower back I just want to say neck issues because it's got to support that face. Right? Ah. I, I feel like it can only hold so much ugly. I feel like when I first showed up at Spaceland, you were having neck issues. Didn't you have neck issues in the past? So when you first got to Spaceland, I think was... What year was that? 2012. Joe That Bro. was after I, it was either tore muscles in my shoulder, part wake nation, part pond, or it was when I, were you around when I flew myself into the pond super hard? <laughs> I don't think so. Flew I think myself I, I, think I would remember that. Kyle, were you around when Kyle was no, here? No, Kyle had left right, right before I okay, got Okay, so then that's what it was. Kyle Schoonover has some amazing video somewhere. I think I have it somewhere, I don't know, of me getting prepped for 2012 Nationals and just going big and being a l- more than a little low um, and trying to trying to pull it out of there and tuck up and just not being anywhere close. You know Kyle lives back in the area. I do, and he's doing, is he law enforcement? Is that what I've heard? Uh, yeah, he doesn't like to talk tons about that, but yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, sorry. No, no, it's okay, man. I he's the fuzz, know dude. anyone still talk fuzz. to him at all anymore. No, dude, I see him at I least would love every to three talk months. To Kyle. That's so awesome. let's get to, him and I are about to get together to do lunch time sometime soon. Offline, I'll, t- I'll tell you when and where we're talking about going. Yeah. And I'll include you. Like, That'd I'll, be awesome. I'll hit Kyle up and make sure he's cool, but I mean, fucking yeah. come on. It's a, yeah. You're part of the old I mean, he'll probably be like, no, fuck that guy. Yeah, he's Whatever. like, no, I'm the law now, and I can't <laughs> hang out with this asshole because you know, look at you, you're a criminal. Yeah, um, clearly. No, nah, man, we we hung out a bit, done dinner a little bit. Uh, his girlfriend and is a mutual friend of mine, so we hang out with them every now and then. So yeah. uh, get to, get to spend some time together, and of Very course, cool. he's doing well. Good. Um, I'm glad, and I know that was something. Not to mention what that something was, but I know that was something he tried to do. Well, at this years point, you back. told on him. He's fuzz. Sorry. That's all well, and he the, he wanted to do that way back when he was in mm-hmm. California before he even left California. He looked at CHP in California. Absolutely, and then got into skydiving and went another direction and went all the way to the top of the industry and was working at PD and rocking it there and, and went, went all over PD. the globe doing it. And then, yeah, went to a different PD. But yeah. So I'm super stoked for him. I'm really, that's that's super exciting. And most people never really truly live the dream they want to live. Yeah. You know, most people, if if told, I'll give you a check for $80,000 a year to do whatever job you pick, very few people are actually doing the job they would pick. And Kyle's got to do that twice in his life now. Yeah. Twice he's lived out his dreams. Twice he's lived out his goals. And uh, I think that's where you and I have been blessed is we've got to live out different dreams. Absolutely. And eventually you actually left the skydiving world and got into dogs. Yes. So HP, Hamid Parvizian, um, who's been a good friend of mine since jumping back in Atlanta. I met HP jumping in Atlanta. At the farm. 
Uh, it was ASC. Okay, you were ASC guy. Now that's whole. I don't know which drop zones where or what they call themselves, but we'll not go there. Yeah, dogs. Skyride. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, he and I started hanging out when I first moved to Houston again, just because seeing him out at the drop zone jumping, and he knows every amazing restaurant in Houston. Is a fantastic guy to hang out with and to especially to go eat with. Um, got all the best pho places, all Peking Duck, you name it. So we were hanging out a lot. Um, he started getting into dogs and got really heavily into dogs. It would have been, goodness, 7 or 10, 2010 probably. Yeah. Um, and um, is when he started with Sit Me and Sit and bought the franchise and got into that. And I was having troubles with my guys. So I started talking to him. He gave me some pointers, and then I started off as a client for Toggles, the little tan chihuahua that we found on the drop zone at Spaceland out there. Um, I found him, like, Thanksgiving probably five years Toggles ago Toggles is a drop zone rescue. Yeah. Scrappy is a drop zone rescue. Showed up in the middle of the drop zone, walked up to Jason Hyder and myself in the middle of the hangar, and wouldn't leave us alone. We tied him to a fence. Nobody could find a good place for him, so he's going to a kill shelter. And I'm like, no, I'll find him a fucking home and I'll foster him. I fucked up. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know you Toggles, had a dog. Yeah. Yeah, Toggles was the same way. And actually a really, really similar story to Scrappy because um, that was actually a period in time where the main manufacturer for the quick treatment of um, the heartworm treatment, mm-hmm. had they'd closed the plant for whatever reason, some whether it was economics or FDA stuff, they closed the plant. So every shelter was out of it. And um, so any dogs that were heartworm positive were just being euthanized because the slow treatment is pills staggering over the course of like a year, right? Wow. Um, so yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't get rid of them. Like nowhere can, no, one, no one's going to take them. Like we got to keep them. We're mm-hmm. stuck with them, right? And so we kept them. Um, which is a whole nother story with Lisa and I, because she unfortunately just lost a dog to a disease. And luckily we found um, Dr. May up yep. the way. Manly May. Dr. Manly May Man, and Corbett you... Post, who are amazing. Um, I want to time out there one second. I do want to throw it out there because uh, Corbett Post has been my vet for quite a while. Nick, remember my favorite tandem student? Wahoo! Yeah, she was killing it. Yeah, yeah. I remember their, her, her dad, yeah? Well, no, actually, that is her... Uh, she's a foreign exchange student, and the fa- fella she came with is Corbett Post, my veterinarian. So, uh, doc- Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That makes yeah. sense. Dr. Manley May is the founder and actually a specialist with heartworm, yep. and Corbett Post is a fella... I mean, I think we're within a month or two of each other age-wise. We're the, the exact same age. A fella, and they run Paraland Pet Health Center. Did yep. I see a sweet? Yep, you Thank nailed you. it. Yeah, and uh, guys, if you're in Paraland, uh, Paraland Pet Health Center, I, I, I get nothing out of these guys but health and care for my dogs. I used other vets in the area. Um, I will not name them because I don't want to talk trash, but I had such a negative experience with my cats that I, I left one vet on my way home and said, hey, I'm going to change vets. I got a plan. I got a service. What do you guys do? And... I spend legitimately two to three hundred dollars more a year with them, and I'll pay. I'll spend five or eight hundred dollars or a thousand more a year. I drive from the city to go see them still, and I know and have been with Sit Mean Sit to most of the vets in the city just to meet and greet and do lunch and learns and talk to them about what we do and everything else. And yeah, it's I still drive to Pearland to see them. That's a testament. A guy who works in the dog industry, and I actually. 
you know, there's a whole client privilege thing going on. But Dr. Post, I, we, we talk about you every now and then. He's like, oh, yeah, man, I saw Toggles and Critters <laughs> doing good. And, you know, he knows our relationship as well yep. enough that he's not afraid to say we still see each other. Yep. Um, he'll actually ask because Chaco. Uh, yep. Pete, Paul, he's Paul used to go there. Yep. Uh, Bella goes there. I just a lot of our a friends have of used us, them. Yep. So. Absolutely. Joe Getty. Took uh, Velo there, yeah, and the same ACL as Chaco. Still takes him there when he's in town. Yeah, I don't know. You know, if he lives in town again, yeah, he yeah, travels I a heard. lot. Yep, he and I started shooting. I got him. I don't know if you know that he started getting into shooting a little bit more. Where have you been shooting? Uh, so I'm a member at. Um, oh, I just lost it. Goodness, you lost the membership, or you lost the member? No, I where's lost, it at? I location? lost my mind. South um, of here? Yeah, it's on the way. Bayou. Yeah, Bayou, Bayou, Bayou Rifle Club. Yep, I'm a member there. It took me two tries getting in. It okay. took me eight months to get in there, but I got in there. So I shoot there. Um, I've only shot at the Attics range a couple times, but it's cool never to go shot shoot steel. Attics. Let's go shoot steel, bro. Let's go. Dude, I never. I, the only time I've been to Attics is for my orientation. So, yep. Nick, this is a private gun range, and straight up, I sat on the waiting list for two fucking years. Well, and now they don't even do a waiting list anymore. You they know what open they do it now? Up. They open it up. They don't say when they're going to open it up. All of a sudden, it opens up. you got to be paying attention, mm-hmm. or you got to have somebody else who's already on the inside tell you when it's going to open. Their server, the first time I got on there, they they filled a hundred and sixty slots. Two hours. In, no, no. The the two times ago yeah. enrollment, they filled it in twelve minutes. They normally close hundred and sixty people. Hundred and sixty slots in twelve minutes. Jeez. The last time when I got in, it was seventeen minutes to fill uh two hundred slots. What's yeah. so great about this range? So it's cheap. The facilities are super nice. Oh, it's more now. One sixty. One sixty. One sixty. I don't know. I write the still, check. And tell me to send. I pay. I also have a, me- a membership at Athena, and so I pay sixty dollars a month there. So the last, this whole another segue as we like veer hard right from dogs. Yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> um, there. I got heavily into shooting again. Um, Are you shooting rifles or pistols? Both, both. And I go up to Spring and shoot um, IDPA and USPA. What's USPSA I- up there. What's IDPA? Oh, my goodness. You want to talk about super fun and what we need to do next. IDPA is the International Defensive Pistol Association. Okay. The hard part about that, well, I'm sure we'll talk, is it looks like he's pulling it up. Yeah. Is it's the, the death of three seconds, right? So it's very rule-based. Um, it's defensive situations and whatnot. So you're drawing from the holster. You're doing different reloads. You're, there are rules of engagement as far as the order that you need to engage the targets in. Obviously, safety is the biggest thing. Not flagging yourself, not breaking the 180 rule, not putting rounds in the ceiling, the wall, dropping the gun, anything like that. The bottom of your chin. Yeah. Preferably nowhere, <laughs> right? No one with any holes that they don't already have. Um, but, you know, and you have to engage targets near to far, or if you're coming around a barrier, you have to slice the pie, things like this. Mm-hmm. But it's timed. And I like that. You know, coming from skydiving and a competitive side of skydiving, I like the, I like the ability to quantify values essentially and see where I stack, both point wise and time wise. Yeah, right. Th- those give you a chance to excel. You know, a lot if of people complain. Yeah. But how if, do I get better? If you cannot quantify things, you don't know what you're lacking at and what you need to do better. Absolutely. So that's a ton of fun. The the it's the the little death of three seconds because if you drop a magazine that still has rounds in it, that's not a tactical reload, right? And you can't do that. You, so you're penalized three seconds for dropping a mag that has rounds in it, right? 
So you either have to be at slide lock or you have to take that magazine out, put it in your pocket or back in a holster and then reload the gun. So, okay. It is so you have to pay attention to the rules a lot. So you can't tactical reload. You can, you can release you a can. magazine. You can't drop a magazine with rounds yeah. in it. Yeah. And, or you can go to slide lock and drop the mag. Who cares? Okay. Right. Um, so that's, and there's all kinds of different classifications as far we as the, shoot. the pistol and everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very cool. And then on Tuesday nights, they do the USPSA, um, which is a lot more run and gun. It's kind of the best way to say it. There's no, the rules, don't kill anyone, don't shoot yourself. Real life you know, Call of Duty. Engage the targets however you see fit. It's not, oh, you have to shoot the near one first. Um, you have to reload behind cover and things like this. It's just get out there, shoot shit, do it as fast as you can, as accurate as you can. And they have different targets for each of them, and it's, a, it's really a ton of fun. I want to go a little bit backwards to your question, Nick, and leads me into the question for you. Bayou Rifle is a private organization, a private club. They have two outdoor ranges. Uh, the range uh, close to here is halfway between here and the DZ. Julef, yep. Yep, and uh, three yards up to 1,000 yards. They have ranges. To, uh, dude, thousand. you can go out there and shoot legitimately a 1,000-yard range where you're shooting long rifle. You have to qualify for anything over 600, 300. 600. Uh, anything over three. 600. Oh, yeah. Anything qualify. over three. Yeah it's, yeah. it's three, and then the next jumps to six. Then yeah. six, eight, a thousand shotgun range. Yeah. So three, seven, 15 yard, 25, 50, 75 yard, 100, 200, 300. And the pistol bays are dope. I haven't seen the so pistol bays that's at how long it's been are since I've been. dope. Um, they're probably 15 meters deep and 10 meters wide, and they're concrete walls that are a foot so thick. This is all outdoor? Yep. Yeah. So every year you're given, you know, you renew and you're given the code for the year and there's a padlock on the gate. You unlock it. You lock it on your way back in behind you. Pick up your brass, clean up your trash. You know, it's a self-policing Go out there and, and, and do it up. The, the only unfortunate thing there is you cannot draw from the holster. I was going to say that. Which IDPA? is a real. Now, they do registered meets and they do what they call fun shoots out there yes. and steel challenges. I've yet to get to one of those just the way weekends fall and w between work and dogs and now work with babies and all that fun stuff but it uh <laughs> it those look like a lot of fun and you are drawing from the holster but you do have to be you do have to have a idpa number or a uspsa number so they're very uh so i didn't know i know that the rules in general regs. doesn't allow us to draw from the holster everything i do events, holster can, yeah. at that range is from the table i just use the table as my holster yep um so they do allow it for meets yep okay and now we ought to go to Athena sometime too. If you've been there, that's a really nice. No, I've only range. heard. I've heard the name. I'd love to go. Uh, you, did you know Brian Clark at all? No. Brian Clark is a jumper. He was a full time instructor back when in '05 when I showed up to Houston, and he lives just dude a couple miles away. And every Monday he goes shoots, and he's a member of Bayou. Him and Trent both got a membership. You, you asked how to become a member. Legitimately or literally, they sent an email two weeks before. Hey yo, in two weeks we're going to open up the list on this day at this time. We'll send you an email. The email drops on my computer. Hey, that we're open. I immediately text Trent. I immediately send uh, anybody. Hey, Trent. Hey, Brian. Waiting list is open. They attack and it's good. Um, it's they they limit it to two thousand members only. I think that's twenty two hundred now is a new number. I think. Yep, and they're they're actually trying to buy uh, eighty contiguous acres to that. At Julef. Well, they can't buy Attics because Attics is government. It's government. They don't own the land. And yeah, it's, it's flat the as Corps fuck. of Engineers. It's still, still closed, yep. Yeah. But now steel out there, you can shoot steel, um, different calibers. So Attics is twenty two rimfire mm -hmm. or straight-walled pistol cali calibers. 
So um, you can shoot a 9mm, you can shoot a 45, you can shoot your 22, you can shoot your 22 rifle. But there are no pistol caliber carbines. So you cannot shoot a, anything that's, that's classified a rifle or an SBR. You cannot shoot out there. I have a Chris Vector that's <laughs> a very cool little pistol, and it's technically a pistol. And I can shoot that out there and shoot steel out there. And it's basically pretty, a pistol and a short rifle barrel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a frame. A, yeah, it's a five and a half so inch barrel help, on a subcom. Help me understand the appeal of shooting steel. When you hit it, ping. it goes ding. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just the sound. That's the well. That's, it's instant gratification, instant feedback. Now the downside to shooting steel, especially when you're coming into it with a competitive angle, is that um, you wait for that feedback, and that's what they talk about, like training for for failures uh they're making a lot of these smart targets now where essentially you can program it on your side behind the computer and it doesn't fall until you press the button doesn't matter how many times i hit it that's more realistic training for like police officers and military and security forces and those types of guys because maybe you shoot someone with a kevlar vest and they don't go down right away whereas if you're really used to shooting steel you go ding 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 and you move on to the next one ding move on because you're you're used to that automatic feedback but that's you know that's it's not something always, that's not going to apply to most people but it's super fun yeah. to shoot steel basically it's not always easy to see your your hit on paper especially if you've already tagged that paper especially if, if you shoot like me you'll see every shot you hit on paper because they're so far apart they're very <laughs> obvious if you shoot like critter you know all of a sudden grouping happens and like did i hit that again or not no ping so that sound just gives me a boner. That's cool. all it is. And there aren't many places that allow you to do that? Steel is harder because, I mean, you're shooting steel, right? The steel's not failing. Bullet fragments are flying. So ricochets you happen. Yeah, ricochets happen. The, you can, there's this new frangible ammo. It's not new, but people are using it, and it's a lot better now. That You can shoot steel up to, like, you know, a meter, which normally shooting steel at a meter would be pretty much suicidal you're you're asking to have yeah, something come back and back hit right you. at you yeah 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 fragment a frag grenade in your face yeah yeah so um yeah shooting steel is really cool and in the competitions i haven't done an outdoor competition yet uh like pearland shooting center i'd love to get a membership there as well didn't know we had one it's um that's really nice they do a lot of competitions there and that's kind of similar to american shooters which is out west out 10 where they have everything running the gamut from long range stuff to shotguns and skeet and everything else so anyways it brings me shooting is cool i i I enjoy having something still to compete in yeah and it was something i used to do with my dad a lot and so when when he passed i got back into that he and i had always talked about doing three gun and that three gun is I is what I'm what I'm slowly slowly building towards pistol so, shoddy rifle. Yeah. Now I I wish they would eliminate the shotgun and do more multi gun, which is becoming more prevalent. Just because the shotgun. Know, what, yeah, multi-gun? you're gonna have to explain multi gun. Okay, so multi gun's the same thing as three gun. The the pistol shotgun carbine or Sub rifle instead of shotgun. But you get rid of the shotgun. You just drop it because the shotgun is is so specialized and it's. You know, they you most of those guys, if they had their their choice, they can shoot as well and engage as quickly. Shy of like Jerry Mikulek, who's like the the god there, Michael Jordan in the shooting sports. Mm-hmm. Um, he's ungodly. he's an, he's insanely fast with a shotgun. The shotgun is the least forgiving in the reload because of the way the shotgun works and how large they are and everything else is where a lot of the pros really differentiate themselves. But mm-hmm. it'd be nice to just drop that and be able to go with something that's more realistic and a little bit easier to to get into. So and, what's a third run. gun turn into? 
Nothing. Whatever you want. Okay, so multi-gun. You just, just run the two, yep. Because it almost be interesting uh, sub, submachine gun. Take yep. take something small, take an MP5, take an Uzi or something in place of the shoddy. Close engagement. And then, like, uh, my AR is a 20-inch heavy barrel AR. I've got yep. a, a, Colt, a Colt model, 20-inch uh, twenty. Nice. 20-inch H-bar. So it's, it's a competition rifle. I can't shoot it for shit. Um, A2 variant. Um, yep. So it, it is the civilian M16 without yep. select fire. So, Nick, it, shooting, how much ha- have you... Are you a shooter? Have you shot? Uh, it's been a long time. I have an AR-15 that's sat on my... Cl- I don't think I've seen it since I moved back here, so I haven't seen yes. it in four years. It's been it's been put away. It's here Let's in Houston. Let's make sure we clean oh, that. Oh, God, maybe... Let's make sure yeah, we clean that Houston. at some point. I, I feel like I've put it together <laughs> and yeah. looked at it, maybe held it, thought about zombies, but I uh, haven't actually pulled the trigger on it for a long time. So I've got a handgun that I've shot. Uh, it was longer ago than I pulled the trigger on that AR. I mean, now I can't lie. It's, you know, I, I didn't, I haven't seen the new bays at Julep. That tells you how long it's been since I've shot. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've shot. And one of, one of the things that I've really enjoyed out of this show is some of the after hour activities we've gotten involved with got to hang out with some more of my friends and do do unique things so let's set a time let's set a date let's go fucking shoot together man absolutely you and i have a little bit more uh easy availability during weekdays but i'm sure if we set it up yeah i'm usually in a hurry so we're gonna have to do some drive-bys boom bang bang you you <laughs> yeah. got the perfect whip for it we'll slide the door open there you go <laughs> man van attacks again there we go <laughs> man you need to slam that thing put some spinners on it fucking make some low pro out of you that know, shit the whole reason i bought the van was to remodel the back of it put a little bed in there i really i have this fantasy of having hardwood inside the back of the van <laughs> i just wanted to look super pimp back there hardwood for, <laughs> for it's no a fantasy though no good, yeah it's not actually happening fantasizing it's just a fantasy. about no, I'm gonna get that wood. His rape band. They make pills hard. for that now. Medication, <laughs> I hear. But uh, yeah, I should put some spinners on there while I'm at it, shouldn't I? Dude, no, straight no up spin- bling bling. Elbows. Free candy on the side. Elbows. Elbows. Is that What's the big that? old fat spoky things that I wonder they? Can I get? cannot believe that those are legal. I are they legal? Not. They're not. They're not. Okay. Okay. So coming from someone who used to live in in Third Ward on one of the more popular streets for Did all those clubs. Did you live in Atlanta? Yeah. That third ward or no, Houston no, the third, third ward? No, no, third ward here. Yeah. You live in third ward Houston? Oh, yeah. Fuck that was your where, wife. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. That's, That's where, by like <laughs> the University of Houston, right? That it's same further area? west than there's where I lived. I was just off uh, 288 and Southmore, right in there. Okay, yeah, all right. So when we bought this house, it's an aw- it was an awesome house. We just sold it not too long ago. Bought the house close to the med center for Lisa. Big, huge house. Nice yard. Fig tree, orange tree. The thing was awesome. And like... Three months after we bought it, the club that had been shut down like 300 feet away from our bedroom opened up again, and that whole scene like started growing again. Boom. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty up on my current urban trends, <laughs> whether it's the donks or the elbows. The donk? What donks. the fuck's the donk? A donk. A donk. A, oh, like a badonk a donk. No, no, not like that. So a donk These are different is, donks. Yeah, different right. donks. Donks are like the the cars that you see that's wrapped with like M and M's or Skittles all over it, and it oh, says that. like Skittles, and it's like, and it's got the big, huge like twenty fours on it that are chrome, and they may spin. So they're taking candy paint job to a whole new world, literally. <laughs> there, or I, so there was one that we used to see all the time who had a like a train horn, you know, air compressor and everything Guru. in there. Who. Guru's a donk. (laughs) (laughs) Guru, you're a donk, donk. So it had, uh, he had like the purple Doritos bag, like, but just all over his whole car. Are you shitting me? 
No, I'm absolutely <laughs> not shitting that? you. I have no idea. I am going to have to look up some pictures of these dunks. You absolutely should. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, and then neon everywhere. <laughs> I told you, do I lie? Look at no, the McDonald's I thought, one. Oh, I thought you were full Skittles. Of I swear to God. This whole, is the craziest whole shit you've tricks. ever seen. Uh, fucking Yoo-Hoo, the fucking chocolate drink, Gatorade, now that, the, tricks, the fucking if cereal. If you are watching this right now, you need to quit and go look up some donk <laughs> cars because, oh my God, I did not know this was a thing. Dude, the word donk, I know the word donk from an MMA journalist who says you're a donk. Like, if you drink, if you like yellow mustard on your sandwich, you're a donk, which means you're just an idiot, you're a moron, you have no taste. And he lives in Washington, D.C. with part okay. of an urban scene around him. And I wonder if he stole the word, oh, my God, we buy gold. And those are hey, like that's good advertising. fucking wheels right there. Those aren't 24. They're 48. Uh, but who is paying for the Skittles logo? And who gives a shit? The question is, is he getting paid for that Skittles you advertising? He I should bet be. money he's not. I'm guarantee you, you he's not. It's a, he's a donk, yo. <laughs> Motherfucking donk. So that, that yes. to, to its credit, that was primarily, that was, that was, was more prevalent like three years ago. I I don't see oh, as nearly is, as many of those. Old shit. Cheetos. That's the yeah, Cheetos that's the OG car. shit now. Uh, what I what Walmart. I was, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, if you guys are not googling donk cars right now, your life is not complete. <laughs> oh my. Pepto, Pepto, Pepto Bismol <laughs> donk car. Just go look that up. It's gonna change your life. Oh, oh my freaking oh my god. Okay, so these were around your neighborhood. This is what yeah. you're telling me. Yeah, that, that was around our neighborhood. Man. Um, and then it you see a lot of the the elbows, the poke outs and all yeah. that fun stuff. So elbows, that's what they call those crazy rims. Yep. Man, I am learning some yep. some new vernacular um, today. And then we'd see a lot of those the three wheeled the motorcycle conversion <laughs> thing. I googled elbows. It didn't, it didn't give me Look, what I was hoping. They're for. elbows. Uh, elbow. So Nick Googles, so first of all, those who are uh, watching this on Facebook, right <laughs> underneath the camera, we have a monitor that we can actually see whatever Nick is Googling, oh. and he Googles elbows and straight up come with like, you know, <laughs> human elbow, like Hulk Hogan dropping one. Uh, so we, we, A, need to get to shooting, and, and Nick, you're, are you in? Uh, only if we're driving a car that looks like this. Only if I'm getting my elbow dunk. <laughs> Is that a thing? Can I double down with an elbow dunk? I think you could, but I mean, that put, would, structurally, put on that's going to be much more complicated. Oh my God. Dude, the size of the elbow on the donk has got to be ridiculous. Is that a DeLorean with... <laughs> yes, it is. Dude, Why? I saw... It. Why? Like, like three podcasts ago, leaving here, driving home, I drove past the DeLorean. So Fucking you know they a, make yeah. them in Texas again now. Really? What? So the DeLorean as a company, you know, fell apart where whenever back long long time ago, ninety sure. probably. Um, Before the, that, I think. In all likelihood, yeah. So De- the DeLorean Motor Company though had a large stock of of <laughs> frames and parts still sitting around, and a Texas company bought them, and bought the name and started. Essentially, the way they get around and are able to still produce that car is because technically they're they're still using they're still making whatever the the eighty what year did they make the DeLorean? They made it for like two years. I is say all they 80, made it for mid eighties. So it's like the eighty six, eighty seven DeLoreans. They're still technically eighty three. I think. Oh, there we go. I was gonna say eighty two. So it massively lucky wrong. Guess. So they're still they're still making those year model DeLoreans. But click back one step one second, Nick. DeLorean Motor Company, Humble, Texas, dude. They're yeah. fucking here in Houston. Yeah. So wow. you see lots of them. I see quite a few of them. 
around town just when I was dog training and driving around. Still the coolest thing you'll ever see. Or one of them, the mm. coolest things you'll ever see. Man, do, do the ones they're building now look any different? No, not at Go. all. And technically, it's the same year model because that's that's their whole stick. You you can't build that car as far as emissions in the motor that was in it, as well as like bumper specs and all the other garbage that you've got to do. You know, you'd have to update it and put airbags and different everything. Go back to their website. I'm sorry, I made, I made you go away from it. See what they really are doing now, because. That is, uh, I mean, it looks identical. They're, I'm look, we're looking at their website right now, and the car looks absolutely identical, except for there's not a Mr. Mr. Fusion on the back. There's December no flux 2015, capacitor. Language from blah, 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 blah. Oh, I thought I was going to have some, some real information here. It's a replica car, oh, and I no, think it what is it different. is... Uh-huh. So Nick's reading about it right now, and I know there are some laws about replica cars and about antique cars and and classic cars and what well, you can and can't do. Yeah. And I only know that little bit because of my, my interaction with classic cars. I, you know that's something I love. And hopefully one day you get to, to love too. So I've got a... I, I, my father had a 58 Corvette that's sitting oh, in that's storage. That's the right era, bro. Get it's, it. It's in South Carolina. I just need a garage. I can't bring it Amen. out of an air-conditioned garage until I have an air-conditioned garage. Or just a garage. It doesn't yeah. have to be AC'd. It's it's preferred. Well, it's a fiberglass body on that. But eventually, so, the AC will work out. This is true. Um, it, 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 it'll happen. So we, the, we looked at doing that at the new house, but yeah. it's just money wise. That's gonna that's gonna wait. Val gonna and wait. I bought this house with the hopes it would be our forever home. You know, this is a home we'll grow into, whatever. And the things that we have come to find out is number one, we need a three car garage. Uh, we never thought we'd have three cars. We wanted a garage. You know, when I moved here, I owned uh, a, a 96 GT Mustang GT that was just beat to fuck 200,000 miles on it. Um, now we, you, you've seen our car collection. We mm-hmm. want three car, we want three car garage. And, uh, actually, so that she can actually park a car in or so that you can put ta- your third car in? We take turns. Okay. Good. And <laughs> she fair. understands That's I nice. want a third car. Yeah. Uh, we've agreed it's a 20 year project for me to get my third car. Um, I have to, once I get my 67 in, a, a facsimile of what I want it to be, then we'll discuss the ability. So I got to pay off the CS, mm-hmm. get the 67. Uh, I, dude, I'm looking to put a 351 man of war. You can bore that thing oh. out. Fast <laughs> fuck, my goal is to put 500 to the wheels on that 67. That's my to goal. To the wheels. To the wheels, not to the crank. Holy shit. Dude, that 16 puts six, 435 to the crank. Wow. So, I mean, it's a healthy car. My little GTI outfit. Front puts about three sixty five to the crank, dude. I bet, man. GTI's a dude, Volkswagen makes a fucking it's nice car. It's for sale. It's for sale. <laughs> so, guys, we got a uh, what year is that? It's a twenty twelve GTI with ninety thousand miles. That's a nice looking car. Gravity Lab Shopping I will, Network. I will throw a new windshield on there before you buy it. And a picture of a baby in a Princess Leia outfit with a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing the line so fast. No, it's okay. So it's okay. far. We knew it. We knew it was going to get there. We knew it was going to get there. Oh man. Um, if, uh, if you guys aren't catching what DJ's talking about, uh, he's gonna throw this I'll, picture yeah, up. Yeah, let me post it. Let me find a photo. <laughs> yeah, there's the photo we used to actually share Critter's Facebook uh, thing. The biggest reason I used the picture of you is I wanted to share your daughter with the world, and it's Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a super dope. And when you walked in, I don't know if you noticed, my game room has Star Wars uh, stuff in there here and there. Nice. Including, uh, what what is that, that hairy guy and the short green dude? What's their names? <laughs> Yoda <laughs> and Chewie. I got, I got a Yoda and Chewie uh, little photo thing going nice. on on my wall. So, 
Um, dude, it's it's so weird looking at yourself at a delay. Have you noticed? It's I, a, I did notice yeah. it's a delay. It's a little bit of a trip. Absolutely. <laughs> there so is. there it is. There it is. There's the photo. Clay and Mary got us that as a as a baby gift. I mean, with the, the little, little lightsaber. Now, the lightsaber, the story behind the pink little lightsaber is they had that custom made for us on Etsy somewhere. That's because dope. when we released the sex of the baby, we did it with a little photo uh, in the womb with a little, I photoshopped in a, yeah. I didn't photoshop, I used a cheap little 99 cent app. Nick, you'd be proud of me. Uh, that uh, <laughs> Hey, we all got to be resourceful sometimes. <laughs> that uh, that put a little pink lightsaber in there. And that was our little reveal. So You should have revealed your gender by actually having somebody go on a skydive and pop fucking smoke. Do it. You know, that's like I the heard, new thing I that's heard, going on yeah, no, all no, the time, these gender reveals. I heard. I, How much, what's the upcharge on that? It should be a lot. We really haven't figured it out. So the first time I, I did one. sell them the smoke. Don't let them use any other approved smoke. No, we, we've been using the smoke and they have been paying for the smoke, which I think. So just the, upcharge the fuck out of the smoke. Yeah, we should. But the, the first one, it's not hard to, to do. me, it really was an original idea. I thought it sounded cool. Because this guy calls and he's like, yeah, I wanted to do this jump and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought he had really come up with it. And then I started looking around on the internet and I Everyone's saw that a couple it. other people had done it. This is back in uh, February, I think. It's like the guy who wants to propose to his, uh, his soon-to-be fiance while skydiving. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Never. Ooh, never heard of that. I got to see a no. Have you ever seen a no? I got two no's I, in my career as a skydiving instructor. I've had a, That's impressive. I've had a can I think about it, but I have not had a no. I had a no. Tell and me it was about the super no. Super awkward. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a relatively young tanda, uh, video guy in Hollister where I learned to jump. Um, and I land, boom, right there. Her whole family's there. His whole family's there. They're standing like 60 feet away on the at the end of the barbed wire fence there. And she lands right next to the huge old sign, and he's already down on one knee, and she lands and instantly starts cursing him out. Just like, you said you weren't going to do this. We talked about this. Yes. Beep, 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 everywhere. And I'm just like, all right, and like turn and spin to the sky, end oh, the video, man. run across the street, start packing my parachute, just like trying not to cry laughing as I run past two families who are like starting to flip out. I mean, I want to say the, <laughs> the poor guy, but maybe they really didn't have a conversation where they agreed that like a proposal it either sounded wasn't like they had a conversation a it thing. sounded like they had a conversation my, about it. one of my nose is extremely boring to a point it was so first of all in the plane seemed like a weird place to do it but the dude in the plane looks to her and says will you marry me and she said no we'll talk on the ground and they were very like paused no pause we'll talk on the ground the no seemed firm the we'll talk on the ground seemed pissed and now i'm taking this guy on a skydive i'm like oh god the awkward the second one, the chick, I took her on a tandem. We're going to land right in front of him. And, and, I mean, within reason, I have decent accuracy when it comes to tandems. You, you did as well. Um, my favorite engagement ever was a no-win day. We slid to a stop. He's sitting there on one knee. Steven's got his hand on the dude's shoulder saying, sit still, DJ's got this. And we slide to a fucking stop. On our feet, I unhook her. She is within one to two feet of him. And I walk. I mean, there's a bit of luck to that. You know, accuracy is one thing. One it's, or two feet is yeah. pretty, pretty, with a tandem. And I walked away, and Steven walks away with me, and we're both like, holy fuck, because, yeah. Dusted off. No, no, I'm going, holy fuck, <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. There was no, there was like disbelief. But the no, on our downwind leg, she can read the banner. I'm like, yo, what's that down there? You know, I always set it up. The like, typical, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that down there? 
Oh no, and I think she forgot I was there. Oh no, oh no, you fucking didn't. No, we fucking talked about it. you, motherfucker. And she fucking unloaded cusses way more than I'll ever begin to. And basically, three hundred feet of me listening to her tell him how it is. <laughs> Wait, it gets one step better. Before I took him on, her on the skydive, Dad pulls me aside while we're all geared up, and her, he's her like, dad, his dad, his dad. Okay. I told him he shouldn't marry, and I'm going to fucking use the exact word, this Jezebel. <laughs> Dad called her a Jezebel. And then commenced to absolutely trash her in ways like beyond the word Jezebel. This is before she already said no? This is, yeah, we're on the 20-minute call. Well, okay. I geared right. her That's up. Impressive. So Dad knew. Everybody's doing the interview, and I'm standing back, and Dad walked up to me, and I guess he needed somebody to vent to, and I looked like the guy. And I mean, just trash. She's a slut. I'm positive. I don't remember for sure because I tuned out once I heard Jezebel. Um, the word <laughs> slut came out of his mouth. I mean, he trashed her. Wow. So under canopy, when she starts lighting up, I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I, <laughs> got, do, do, I assume that was beforehand. Cam. Yeah. Uh, and I got him within five feet of each other. No, yeah. no doubt about it. And we landed and the exact same answer. No, we'll talk about this. We've discussed this. We've already talked about everything yep. you just said is what happened. So one of my friends in Hollister as well had one where the girl saw the sign when they opened up and had enough altitude to go land way the fuck out. She asked so, the instructor to land far away. <laughs> so Hollister, I Hollister awesome. where I learned the field, the, the field is, I don't know, say 600, 800 feet wide at its narrowest. And it's a mile and a half deep, right? It's enormous. So there's an NVL, next van line, because in Hollister, you take off at the airport, you land away, and then you van back. So they just went and landed way the fuck out, and we were like, okay, we'll we'll pick him up next load. He's going he's gonna to wait 35 minutes to, to get here. And it's like, the, the op can't stop for him. Like, we're leaving him. You know, Tandem Master knows what he's doing. Student knows... Everybody else, sorry, you got to hop in the van and roll unless you want to stay here and wait for the next van. So, wow. yeah, we, we, we left them. Damn, dude. It, 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 that's cold. <laughs> it, it's, well, I, it's, it was what it's she funny. wanted. She wanted to, she wanted to run away. He's only so far he could have flown. I imagine if there was further to fly, he'd have, she'd have, she'd have tried to convince him to do that. I don't know what she did to convince him to, to do that, but. I want to be the instructor whose student <laughs> says land somewhere else when we have to I land. I don't want to marry that guy. <laughs> Put this parachute down anywhere. See those power lines? Let's go over there. Yeah. yeah. Because I will A, land her off just out of respect to her wishes, and B, laugh my ass off doing the whole. I mean, it just, I want to hear her story. I'm going to talk to her. Now I know I'm with a girl who's freshly single. There you go. Right. <laughs> uh, Valerie, if you're listening to this, that was Nick. He said it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Val. Sorry, sweetheart. And Sam this is before he learned the friend. error in his ways, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's, yeah. <laughs> so we, we've got to come full circle eventually because okay. I really. First of all, something that we tried to do is is the first year of Gravity Lab Radio is a giant experiment, and we're really learning what we're doing. And one of the things that we're we're trying to do is have a two hour max time limit. Okay. And I want to talk let's about dogs. Do dogs. And we're halfway through. Let's yes. do dogs. Okay. So you said let's do dogs. Not like that. Okay. Not like that. <laughs> um, you put the peanut butter on the dog's balls. <laughs> Depends on whether or not it's your dog. But it's your dog, Kyle. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I started off as a client. With HP, with sit means sit, um, attention based obedience, and I grew. It grew into when I hurt my back uh, again, 
at Project Orange in the Zonac pit. I was like... You were a PO? Yep. Okay, keep going. So, yep, that was my second pro invite event, I think. But anyways, um, hurt my back again. It was time to pick something else to do, I think. Mainly because I was married. We were talking about having starting a family. My My dad was not doing well and it made me think about all these different things in my life and what I was doing and how hard I was pushing to compete and how much money I was spending and you know the most famous skydiver in swooping being 30 grand in debt at any given time at least back then Kurt was hi Kurt you're not watching you're swooping <laughs> um but uh actually I think in Czechoslovakia right now yeah pr- uh, uh pink yeah um yep. um so yeah. so anyways you know and he's God, got to be 10 years my junior, at least, probably. How old are you? 35. He's maybe... Oh, he just turned 30. I say, yeah, he's he just only turned about five 30. years younger Anyways, than Anyways, he's in much better shape, and he's still all beat up, right? And granted, he pushes really hard and works really hard for it all and trains really hard. Absolutely. And I train hard, like, 16 ounces at a time. Anyways. But you just got to be willing to be broken if you're going yeah. to be competitive, yeah. right? So, anyways, it's time to find something new to do. So I was anxious about starting with HP because he's a good close friend and I was worried about working for a friend. Um, and it turned into just an awesome, I joke all the time about him being my, my work wife because how much time we spent together and, and just the, the quality of the relationship that, that we have. Um, Who's so, the bitch? Um, you probably are. The dogs. Yeah. The dogs are the bitches, all right? <laughs> Only if they're female bitches yeah. that's been, not the preferred nomenclature science. anymore oh yeah way, what, what do they say now um they say dames dames yeah dames, but, not, so dames, not dames. Bitches. if i called the girl a dame i'd be sexist look here dame i guess humphrey bogard i just picture that <laughs> thing right. going on right there tip him 100 bucks keep the ice cold so um, now hp's got you working with it with the boys and the dames yep so um i started off with sit mean sit um i started off doing the the lowest of the low i'm cleaning up uh various byproducts of dogs and bathing dogs and doing that kind of stuff and just like learning about how it all works and and shadowing and the the training process is obviously really hands-on it's something you have to do you have to have a good feel for and you you have to be able to read the dog but you have to also know kind of where you're going what you're doing and the whole the whole methodology behind it all and i spent a long time and a lot of hours training and working on that and it's something you're just like skydiving you're you're constantly growing and learning and learning new things and if you're not you're not growing, you're dying. So you're constantly pushing your skills and reading everything you can and going to seminars and going to continuing ed and all that kind of stuff too. Um, so yeah, um, started working off with the dogs and we actually used to have the, the old shop was out by Athena on 10 and Willcrest, Wycliffe, right in there. Okay. Um, but we were traveling all over the city. And so the cool part there, I learned a lot about Houston, getting all different neighborhoods, met a lot of Really, really good friends and awesome people all over through the course of that, but also handled God knows how many dogs um, on a given year. Because a lot of the training that we did was what we called a board and train, immersive training, where the dogs would, let's say you're really busy, you don't have time to train the dog yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to break down the stages and I'm going to train the dog. Then I'm going to teach you how to, the transfer of leadership, continuance of what we're doing with the dogs. Um, and what we have done so that you can achieve the same thing we can with the dog. And then the step three is coming to the, the lifetime group classes that we run um, so that you can practice doing it in real world environments. So 
and HP, excuse me if I sound all out of sorts for everybody. I swear I was much more fluent in talking about this eloquently. But uh, like we were talking about with the, the baby and the dildo. Um, <laughs> I fit, God damn. Um, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm so I happy for the people that Can you just tell like, if Rosemary Weiss is watching right now? I don't think she is. But just for the last like... Five, she will watch. The five minutes of people that, the people that have joined <laughs> since we talked about the dildo thing, I'm really happy there that they go. just it's heard back. what they heard. It's right. back. So... Um, <laughs> the baby is since the since the baby, I've I've been playing Mr. Mom and been at home while my wife Lisa's been finishing up her residency and studying for the biggest test of her life and you know recovering from the child and everything else the all the stressful you know selling a house buying a house all that fun stuff all all at once so I've not gotten to talk dogs as much and talk about all this stuff as much so if I'm not as eloquent with it. That's why, dude. You sound very eloquent to us. If you never admitted <laughs> it, we we would have never known the mm, difference. Threw myself in front of the bus, but so dog training. The the really really fun and really rewarding part about it is a lot of what we do with sit means sit is these dogs who are have aggressive behavioral issues, right? Uh, dogs who don't like other dogs, right? Dogs who don't like men in hats. Um, whatever it may be, right? Fearful, really, we do a lot of really anxious, fearful dogs. Um, all that kind of stuff. And being able to to work with a dog and take them to the point where the person was envisioning getting rid of the dog or putting the dog down or not being able to keep the dog because of the new baby. And then there they are. Um, Toggles, point in case, is my little dog Toggles used to attack kids. And he is a therapy dog. Right? How's, how did you work through that? So it's structure and the same way our wives have trained us right um they help us make good choices well they tell us that they're not going to give us our allowance because <laughs> i mean let's be real when you got married i welcomed you to the gold diggers club of space this is true president is true. and vice president yep uh, nick i didn't know if you knew this but I am the president of the gold diggers club of spaceland uh i could probably put that together Ritter <laughs> is the vice president and uh, what's that? What's that potato loving motherfucker's name? Kieran. Oh, Kieran. Kieran McGuire. He was actually watching a little bit ago. <laughs> He's and a foreign when ambassador. I saw it, it, like it'll tell you when someone, when a new person tunes in and starts watching, and it said Kieran McGuire just joined. You could have told and me so I, I could shout potatoes. Oh, little Kieran. I actually sent him something today because I was in Half Price Books and I saw a cookbook that was a uh, hundred one potato recipes. You didn't almost. Send it. You no, sent no, it. I sent it. Yeah, yeah. He said five ninety nine is a great price. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see that sucker. So, um, God, I forgot where we were there. We're good at this, man. <laughs> First of all, you're neglecting that scotch, so that's where you're at with that. Just, Perfect. just saying. Um, you, uh, uh, your your dog was aggressive. So, Jimmy, my dog. Okay, so can act aggressive. To, he's not aggressive as far as growl or or, or or attack, but when there's kids around, he's like. Okay, so. What that he's communicating, right? He's communicating. I think he's his, saying play with me. Well, it just you I know, don't know. It, that's it true. depends. It's hard. You know, everyone always says, "Oh, their tails wagging. They're excited." Tail excite. It just means a, a state of excitement. It doesn't mean good or bad, right? Okay. So that's that's one of the things that I always hear that I always want to correct because I want to ensure that everyone is safe, both the dogs and the people. Um, but basically, correcting those behavioral issues is about bearing something in positive experiences. When it comes to positive experiences, what we're talking about is first dates. Now, before I get to first dates, because I'm going to circle back to that, okay. it's about having the tools to do those things. So what I do is we further the dog's obedience 
attention-based obedience. We get them to pay attention to us. We teach them that obedience, or you teach them that obedience after I teach you how. And we use that obedience to help them perform in situations the way we would like them to perform, uh, exhibiting good behavior. And then we build on those experiences until things become more habitual, right? So a good example of that is toggles who would bark and want to attack kids. Sit to me means, and the joke in the company's name is sit means bottom touching the ground wherever you are, whenever I say it, with eye contact. Now I've got a tool to not only get the dog to pick his head up, up is happy, up is positive, right? But he's also looking at me, so I can tell him, good sit. Now he feels good about what's going on, even though there's kids running around behind him, right? Now that's one experience where he has then refocused his attention to me and ignored the kid, and he's less concerned with the kid. We mm-hmm. do that over and over again. We're building a good habit. You get anxious. Look to me. I'll tell you what I need you to do. Right? If I say, go eat the kid, awesome. Go eat the kid. <laughs> right? I want that dog. Right? But most of the time, I don't want you to eat the child. Right? So thank you for sitting and looking to me. That's a great habit. And then coming back to those first dates, now we can start layering on and building on that behavior. You go on a first date, well, you know, you're, you're on your best behavior, right? You're... You're eating the salad, you're using your fork, you're using your napkin, maybe. Um, you know, you're trying to not get too drunk, even though you're nervous. You, you put on a good show, right? And then slowly over time, you you show them the, the depravity that actually you, you actually are, how, how bad it actually <laughs> is, right? Um, and, and it's the same thing with dogs interacting with people, dogs interacting with other dogs. We got to go slow, build positive experiences, and, and not go, okay, let's see what's going to happen. If you go, let's see what's going to happen. Just assume it's going to be horrible. Don't do that. Know what's going to happen because you're only going a baby step past where you've gone before. That way I'm in control. I know I'm building a win. Let's say, I mean, I've done things where, you know, dogs are literally laying on top of other dogs when this is a dog that wants to eat other dogs. You don't just go, okay, cool. I taught the dog to sit. I taught him a down. I taught him a loose leash walk. I taught him flawless recall. The most important thing you can ever teach a dog. Um, what do let you me mean, let me lay him down on recall? top of a dog. Uh, the dog coming to you, regardless what's going on, when you say it, okay. first time, every time. I was thinking recall, like memory, like he would do whatever. Oh yeah, but recall no, no. come to you first. Recall come command. That's it's got to start there, right? Because otherwise, what? Like you said, one of your dogs is a as a runner, right? Yes, he S- is. You got to be paranoid about the door. I'm paranoid as. Fuck about dude. Why? Because flat dogs. And you're at a cul-de-sac here, which is nice, right? Um, is that a cul-de-sac or is that a loop? It's called a knuckle. A knuckle. And so we live on a 90. Um, and we actually live in... Uh, if you live on a 90 that's a cul-de-sac, technically it's called... A, my, my wife works in city engineering and construction. So it's a knuckle. So it's a knuckle. It's a knuckle. Um, I, I know names of things in cities like what an esplanade is. And I'm like, what the how the fuck would I know why I need it? But... Um, I'm very interested in Val's work, so yeah. Um, no, dude, I I've chased Scrappy almost a mile and a half away. Yeah. Thankfully, it's I was in good shape. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Um, and that my my nightmare is a dog getting injured or hurt. And mm-hmm. that being said, I take my four dogs, one of whom is a sighthound, a greyhound, retired racer, and I don't put my dogs in leashes pretty much ever unless someone asks me to or makes me right. Because I know what I have and I know what situation I'm putting my dog into and they've been there before. And I've proofed that beyond shadow of a doubt. So that I know if I'm in that situation, I'm putting them there, I know they're safe. I've seen you with your dogs in public. Yeah. And there's zero doubt you have a high level of command of your dog. Yeah. 
and and they're happy. I in my mind, no one ever. Ha- and I always tell my clients this: you don't have to be off leash. I don't care if you are or not. But I want you to have that level of control. I want the leash to be an afterthought, right? Um, you can get a ticket for your dog's behavior with them on a leash. If your yeah. dog's being an asshole and they're on a leash, they're still being an asshole, right? I've been toggles knows to spread them, right? And that's the you go up to the wall and he puts both his feet up there, front feet, and he looks back at you. Really, that's and money. That has saved me that from two tickets, and it's turned one of those police officers into a client. Right, so that's my. That's so the you cop set shows this up, and you say spread them to your dog. So I'm I'm walking around uh, Herman Park in the city, uh-huh. Great Park, and the police officer sees me, and I'm working. I've got one dog on a leash, Clance dog, and on Toggles, who's walking on my right side with no leash, and the cops 60, 80 feet away, and I hear, "Excuse me, sir," and I'm like, "That's me," <laughs> and I go, "Sorry, my bad." Throw my hands up, and then in Toggles, over, over, spread them. The over is the directional. Move over that way, away from me, and then spread him. And he's over there on the tree doing this. <laughs> and the cop starts laughing his ass off, and it turns into a conversation about dog training and his dog instead of me getting a ticket for being off leash, right? Nice. Um, which because I mean I think most for the most part, if you're respectful and and polite and you have control of your dog, you know obviously respectful and polite being the the first Paramount. and foremost in yeah. dealing with any law enforcement officer, but you know, you have control of your dog, then those guys have better things to do when they know it. And, you know, as long as you're not giving them a hard time, I think they're pretty cool about it. Uh, don't blame me if you get in trouble for that or anything else. Uh, but do, do you have like one, one dog that stands out as like the nightmare dog? Chelsea kind of, who's my flashy dog. It was and is, and I mentioned Chelsea because through the paternity leave, she's not getting the work but she this was. This is a greyhound? No, Chelsea is my little uh, multi-gen doodle thing, right? So if Who you look you on my... to the harp that one night? Ooh, was it a fluffy little brown thing? I think so. So Chelsea is was given to me. She's super high ball drive, little fluffy, cute dog. She's a ton of fun. Um, but she's a psychopath. And when we talk about, like, um, you know... Our, our wives training us. Chelsea's the perfect example of what you need to do with the dog to help get the dog where you want it to be. Um, oh, sorry, I'm, everyone, I'm squinting at the screen that we got here so that I can see You're a impersonating photo. an Asian. Yes. Oh, I see no photo yet. Um, super racist. I feel <laughs> bad. Um, don't. I don't. So... Anyhow, oh, here's a here's a collection. So yeah, next to the two whippets, or in between the sight hounds and the two whippets, that's Chelsea right there. Okay. That was not Chelsea. So that's I must have I brought I must have brought toggles then. Um, anyways, those are my four, and then the the Christmas whippets, uh, Ginger and Winston, who are dogs that I trained ages ago, and they they stay with me every Christmas um, when mom and dad travel. Um, but anyhow, she her owners gave her to to me because she historically made really bad decisions so i assisted her in making better habits and better decisions by making those decisions for her until we're building good habits like not jumping on people like not barking in the house constantly like not pulling on a leash until you choke yourself and puke you know little things that that add up into good behavior that no different than you do with a a child or you know, society does with us when it's driving between the lines, right? Something as simple as driving your car, you're following rules that 
and building good habits, things that society puts out there for you, washing your hands after you go to the bathroom, right? There's little signs that remind employees, all that good stuff, but it's things like that. And that's what we're talking about with dogs, little things, um, walking on a leash, that flawless recall, sitting before and after a doorway, little things that, that add up to making, I want to make the dog fit into your life. I don't want you to have to tailor your life around the dog, right? And that's, that's what it's about. The quality of life is richer for you. The quality of life is richer for the dog when you have that obedience to help build good habits and you can add them into life instead of changing life around the dog, I guess. So one of the, the first things you mentioned is, I want to say total recall, but uh, it, flawless. flawless recall. Total recall sounds just way fucking better, man. Like, I'll be Arnold. back. Yeah. Arnold. Um, <clears throat> total recall. So one of the first things you would recommend in training my dog is to have flawless recall. So, yes. Um, and that's, a, that's multifaceted, and we're going to do that a couple different ways. It depends on motivations. Dog Love training. Love or food is common too, right? Absolutely. Um, and it just depends on what motivates the dog. Chelsea, my one of my dogs, would rather have a ball than a treat. So what do you want to work for, right? Um, but dog training really is three things. Consistency, motivation, reward. Okay? So consistency. We're going to be consistent with our expectations and when I ask the dog what so that so it's fair to them, mm-hmm. right? If I say come, I need to be able to, especially in the beginning, I need to be able to follow through on that command. So when my dog is, I first let them out in the morning and they're running all over the place in the backyard. She's going crazy. Am I going to ask her to come? She's not paying any attention to me at all. What's the likelihood that she's actually going to come? Okay. When you're chasing the dog down the street, he's not listening to you. You had to catch him. Are you saying, come, come, come? You're removing strength from that command. Yes, sir. Right? So dropping that and trying to think and be a little bit more specific about when you're using, especially in the beginning, so that when I ask, it's followed through on and I can reward the dog. Mm -hmm. Motivation. Is the dog motivated to do these things? Have I showed them the benefit behind doing it? And is what I'm asking fair? Right? Dogs, Dogs are dogs. They have to be dogs, right? I, You know, and not to say that they get to to rule the roost, but it has to be kind of balanced right it's a relationship mm-hmm. right um and they need to look to us but the mo- the reward is part of that right um so we use a release command and essentially what it is is now we're talking about schools of dog training um marker clicker those are some of the big ones right there's one more free shaping is another one of the large schools it's really cool when you start getting into all this so timeout. yeah Clicker, click, click training. I know what that is. Okay, so now the basis in that is is a Pavlovian association, right? Yeah. Pavlov's dogs, everybody knows that one. Ding, You'd be shocked food. people don't. We <sighs> teach a Pavlovian response in coach courses. In skydiving, you train to a Pavlovian response, cue words, uh, uh, Signals, response. Signals, cue response, yep. Yeah, and dude, in coach courses, the majority of people I say the Pavlovian response or Pavlov's dog, you would be shocked. I'm not kidding. Well over 50% of people don't know what the Pavlovian uh, response is anymore. One one would hope, yeah. yeah. Uh, not I, surprising. I'm not highly educated. We, I'm we a fucking moron. We should not touch I know what it politics, is. But, you, but you look at the state. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. So, basically, you're marrying the, the concept of food or a reward, whether it's a toy, food, affection, with a sound. In, in the case of a clicker, it's that, right? Yeah. Very cool. Great idea. I love I love it. And I do some of that with dogs. The downside is is what do you own a clicker? My mouth. Okay. I so use you've that always sound. got that with you. That's good. 
it still probably takes you a little second longer than saying a word to cue that sound up. Absolutely. And it's only a specific, uh, when I walk scrappy, I have a, and a, I have two different sounds and yep. one means go and one means stop. And it's, he, he's a puller on a yep. leash. He's a, he's an absolute puller. And I've got a, a foot long lead on his leash. I actually went to the ring loft and sewed an extra handle. Yep. And I've trained him to stop and go on, on my command. So when I put him to full leash, then I can actually still keep him there without pulling. Yeah, and there's times where I let him have what he wants. I'm like, yeah. you know what, you want to sniff that spot? Fucking have it, bro. Yeah. But then you know what? It's time. The 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 the, the soft one is keep yeah. moving, and the the harsh one is stop. Yeah. And I mean, what a word is a series of sounds, right? So that's yeah. that's no different. You just chosen a, a couple of sounds instead of a word. I just thought he was a so, horse. Yeah. 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 You're hung. No. So that's no, that's no, clicker. No. That's clicker. What is marker? You okay, so clicker is is that positive association with the sound. Marker is I don't under, you really even get why they're called separate things because really you're just building that same Pavlovian association with a word instead of with the sound. So okay. I use the word break, and that just means come to me, get paid. Imagine cash register noise. That's what I tell my clients. Cha ching. Ooh, ooh, everyone likes money. Sure. You perk up. That's the response. I want butterflies and rainbows and unicorns and shit exploding in the dog's brain when they hear break. So the first marker... So I'll, yeah. I'll stand there with a puppy, um, and puppies are, are a great example for this because they're, you know, your clean slate. And the second... I'll Maybe I hold a treat in each hand, and the dog's jumping all over them, trying to get them, and I'm down on the dog's level, right? Right here with them. Yeah, get it. The second that dog looks at me break and I give him the treat and the dog goes crazy try to get it try to get it what happened what was the what was the thing that gave me the treat and the second they look at me break and I'll do that for three minutes what do you have at the end of three minutes you have a puppy who's gonna sit and stare at you why because looking at you gives that puppy a reward right so now the dog has a positive association with the word break and the dog's already starting to look to me for a little bit's direction right Awesome, right? So now I'm going to start building some of the other things like that come command, like the sit, like a place command, my favorite command of all time. So the first marker I learned was the word place. Yeah. Is that, that's, place, is that a marker? Is that what you're no, I mean, Well, you're, you're, you're mark, it's the definition of a command. You're marking command with, yeah. the, with the word. Boston taught me my first sit means sit yep. lessons. Yeah, well, absolutely. Unofficial. Well, and he's the one that finally harassed me enough to, to start, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So... Yeah, the place command is a great one because it's it's structure. It gives the dog somewhere to focus, and it makes it makes everything a lot easier, right? Um, you've put me on a place right now. You gave me a, you gave me a chair to sit in, made it easier for me to focus, right? Um, placing is once again staying between the lines when you're driving a car. Things Time like out that. for one second. Do you need another drink? I do. Which one do you want? The whiskey. All I right, mean, the, the, scotch. the scotch. Yeah, dude, it's it's Scottish whiskey. Yeah. It's whiskey. So I gave Have you a. You place. had Green Spot, by the way. I had. Do it's I? It's Irish whiskey. Okay. Green Spot, Wyatt Stein. Thank you. Um, he turned me on to it, and it's fantastic. Really, really good. Thank you, sir. Sorry, it's the bottom. We have more out out no, front. So let me know beautiful. if you need more. No, I'm sure that'll do it. Thank you, though. Um, I Monkey got a, shoulder, because I, I, I get asked. There we go. I got a I got a baby now. Can't did nothing worse than caring for a small child while hungover. <laughs> well, that uh, is a really great time to put in this question from Kevin Craig, which has been a common yeah. question on the podcast. 
When you wipe, do you wipe front to back or back to front? Let's hold oh, on. Come on now. Let's be clear because part of the <laughs> don't look at me. It's this T- is my tell pro- him. This is my problem. So par- <laughs> so part of the clarity and you and you made a very fair point last time. The question isn't really which way you wipe; it's which way you approach to wipe. So where's your hand when you're wiping? Where's your hand? Does it come around from from the back or does it come around from the front? So it comes I look, around from the back. Okay, you're well, a reasonable person. <laughs> now I, I will. I am the I will, only one who knows my I will, answer. I will add and say that for a period of time, like when I broke my back, sixty um, percent compression fracture of T six. You tell me how that works. You're not wiping your ass from from back here when you've broken your back. You just pick up you, the junk and you're like, yeah. And you do it that way to this day easier. It it is. I, there was a conscious whoa, whoa, whoa. effort where I had to. You heard change. that? He said it's easier. He said it it's easier with a broken back, is what he said. No, in general, it is. I think easy. In gen- well, I mean, I guess it depends on the size. I of don't have to spread have to my feet. Well, I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. I cannot believe that any grown man wipes his ass any way other than from the front to the back. If okay, you see me naked, been to, okay. So here's another one, right? Uh, how many? How what countries have you traveled to internationally? Uh, not many. Germany. Uh, uh, Mexico, Belize. Okay, so no. what was the worst toilet you've ever used? Mexico, Belize, Belize. The toilets are all Western toilets. A, a gas yeah, station in Western toilets. I've never in used a, an Eastern toilet. Go to look up what a Japanese toilet looks like. I think we've talked yeah, about this. It's a hole in the ground. Yeah, I've, I've it's a hole in the ground, or it's an old, the the old urinal. The you know the old porcelain urinals that that are stand up and you lay it down. Tell me how you use that period. Let alone no, that's going to show you all the fancy toilets. No, no, no. Stop right there. See where it says toilets. That 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 thing. But I don't know how you squat over that with pants on, or if you put your pants around your ankles. How do you not drape your ankles and all that stuff? You got to step out of one, right? That far forward. That far forward. Then what's the point of it being that long? So my pa- my my balance is a little awkward when is it in case though there's like back pressure I and had, spray or I had to learn to shit on a toilet like that at some point in my life. I think we've talked about this on the podcast. Uh, my grandmother's house, it's straight up it's not only a hole in the- <laughs> See, yeah. I like the guy laying down on the thing. Yeah. Not only is my grandmother's uh, house a hole uh, like that oblong hole, but it's legitimately a fucking hole in the ground. You look down there and you see everybody shit oh, yeah. until they suck it out. So there was a shit hole. And my father would actually, like, when it would get full enough that you could almost reach in, they would come suck it out. My father would throw money in there just to watch my uncle reach oh, into no. a pile of shit. Now, does, do they, does toilet paper go in there or it goes in the wastebasket? Everything goes in Everything there. Everything goes yeah, in yeah. there. And, and really, the, the uh, so there's ditches in neighborhoods in Japan. And now, I mean, God damn, it's been 30 years since I've lived there now. Um, 28 years. My grandmother lives in rural Japan, but so did we at some point. Or not rural, but we lived in Japan. And the ditches that go around on the side of the road, they're, they're called binjo ditches because legitimately with a class of homes, go for it. all the, all the yeah. liquid drains into this ditch. So you're basically – kids are playing in the binjo ditch. You're basically playing in shit and piss water. Yeah. And then Which is tr- the same thing every time Houston floods, and everyone's like, "Look at me in the flood water." It's like, no, you're in everyone's excrement. I'm in Congrats. the bayou. Yay. Yeah, I'm in the bayou. <laughs> bayou is fancy word for shit ditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. It, it, if you've ever visited Houston and we hear about our bayous, the Brazos don't bayou kayak in that, bro. Yeah, it's dude. not clean. And there are more fun ways to get Hep C. My uh, my <laughs> grandmother. We took my grandmother to base uh, to military bases in Japan to visit, 
And apparently she would use a Western toilet by squatting on the fucking lid and just shitting in the toilet that way. That's, That's how she knew how to do it. Super common. Super Which, common. I've been in gas stations in Louisiana, and I'm going to shit in a toilet that way. I, dude, I uh, Oh, my God. Lisa, was if she's watching right now, she's laughing because we stopped one time on the way back from South Carolina at five different gas stations to in Louisiana it. before I found one that I could actually go in and take a dump. Because it was five. just like, nope, wow. I'll crap my pants. Val, I'm cool. Val and I have <laughs> a, 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 a stop. We, we drive to Florida Basically every year, every summer, every other summer, every other winter, we have family things we do in, in the Pensacola Destin area. And there is a stop that is, A, the exact halfway mark, I mean within 10 minutes of the exact halfway mark between our drive, and B, it has any options we want for food, but we know it has clean bathrooms. And that's it's why we said. Yeah, chose that. Look at the successfulness of beavers, right? Bucky's. Bucky's, that's Bucky's. what I meant. Bucky, whatever, the big beaver. Dude, they're known for the beaver, man. Yeah. My my brother-in-law's brother works for them. I should be better. At I got a good but. buddy who, I say good buddy, my wife's got one of her best friend's husband, and he, so he's a buddy who manages Bucky's. Yeah. And uh, yeah, their bathroom, that's that's a big company standard. Dude, yeah, they're they're phenomenal for that. So getting so the first thing that I, I just so Boston has trained me a little bit about dogs and, and a lot of what we train in the human response system and andragogy and, and, and adult sports psychology to me applies identical to what dog training is. It's just the person is different four legs and furry or, or less furry, depending on your face. Yep. Um, or the dog. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, so I use the word monster in the word of place. I actually called my dog's place monster. So stop being a monster means he goes and runs and sounds his pad. And uh, the uh, other things is positive responses. Don't tell him don't do because he doesn't understand yeah. that. Tell him. So you notice well, when you like, came like in, I humans, told my dog sit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and on top of that, you know, the it, I've seen statistics that say the, the average child in the U.S., by the time they're 10 years old, has heard no something like 60,000 times, right? Now, it's the first word we hear. No yeah. and don't. Yeah. Well, and, and it makes more sense with a human, right? I, I get that. But no doesn't really give any information at all, right? Your dog is going to attack another dog. And I say, no. What? Um, don't, don't fuck around while you're going to attack him. Get after it for real. Or don't bark at him. I should go bite him. Or... Don't attack that dog. Attack the other dog. What do you actually want your dog to do? Oh. Give it information. Tell it what you do want. Next time a woman tells me no, I'm going to use the same defense. <laughs> that doesn't give me any real information. What <laughs> Just do you keep actually on want? No, yeah. I was going Let to me slow. Know about you <laughs> and the next thing you know, Nick, like, in the arms yeah. of an angel. In the arms. <laughs> no I, means no, Critter. We, we use in skydiving coaching, instead of saying, don't do this, remember to do this. Yeah. The brain doesn't lock on to negatives, right? And like you said, skydiving training or uh, do a little experiment. Tell yourself, don't forget my keys. Don't forget my keys. What are you going to forget? You're going to forget your keys, mm -hmm. right? And this is this is well known and documented, right? So um, instead, you, you need to tell yourself to remember to grab your keys. Yeah. It makes more sense. You're going to do it. So basically, it's about being fair to the dog there in that part, right? You say, no, 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 no. Everything in the world becomes no. Your dog starts to ignore it the same way. If it's just bitch, 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 what happens? You tune it out really fast because why? Who cares, right? Your dog needs to be rewarded and needs to be motivated. If you stop getting paid at work, what would happen? You'd stop showing up, right? Because who cares? I'm not getting paid, right? Sure. If it's just, no, don't do that, and then instantly you, you ignore the dog again, well, fuck, what do I care? I'm, I'm going to keep doing that. That <laughs> gives me some kind of reward, whether it's 
eating whatever I'm not supposed to eat or or doing whatever I wanted to do in the first place. Instead, come, hey, good, come, great job, yeah, awesome work, right? The dog feels good about that, and then there's a reward for one, and I'm redirected away from the other behavior, and I'm ignoring that whole negative thing. So I don't punish dogs. There's no no. There's no stay. Stay is built into every command. What is stay? Stay is, please, God, you're annoying as hell right now. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Watch someone say stay. Stay, stay, stay. It's always just like that, right? And so instead, just make it built into every command. Come to me and stay with me until I ask you to do something else. Sit and remain seated until I ask you to do something else. Now, the saying, and this is a good one, and it works for skydiving as well, is, uh, duration comes over time with the variable of distraction, right? Say that duration comes over time with the variable of distraction. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Um, because in teaching a dog, and maybe this is this is back to threes again, right? Consistency, motivation, reward. Whether that's actually the way these things fall, or whether it's our brains like to lump things into threes, um, they're the three Ds. We'll talk about that in a second, but the three stages of teaching them something is, is first teaching them that command, right? Then adding duration to that command, then adding distractions, pull, pull on time, pull on time while stable, right? You remember something. (laughs) (laughs) Come, (laughs) come to me and stay with me. Come to me and stay with me. Even though there's a whole lot of shit going on. Okay. Right. I I have a question that's totally unrelated. Yes, sir. Do you feel like, uh, so you didn't know all of this about dog psychology at one point, right? But the way the dogs think. But learning all of this, has it changed the way that you interact with people at all? Like the the social interactions you have with people? That is there any overlap? I think so. I mean, I think I think oh man, that's a that's multi tiered because a lot of what we do, it doesn't matter how good a dog trainer I am, I have to be able to convey these points so that you want to train your dog with me anyways. Right. Right. So we've also done a ton of training as far as uh, sales training and being able to, to organize these thoughts and convey them efficiently. And a lot of that stuff gets into the the human psyche and how the brain works and all this stuff, neuroplasticity and all this stuff. Alan Burnsworth. Thank you, sir. Um, happy belated birthday. Anyways, um, all that kind of stuff. So, Working with Sit Mean Sit has absolutely improved the way I interact with people and how well I communicate with them and how I analyze what those communications and interactions are as well. But I don't know that necessarily the the dog angle of it. I mean, I guess it has, yeah. Do you use dog training tricks on your baby? Yes. <laughs> Right, that's what I wanted to so, know. She's too young right now, but will I? Absolutely. One of so we got a great story, and and, I'll, yeah. and then uh yeah. Go so on. one of uh, holding on my kid's hand. She's not walking yet. She's barely sitting up. Right. You you sit her up in your lap, and she does the little Ray Charles bob in her head thing. Like <laughs> she can barely keep it up, and we I sing, and it's world. awesome. Right. So um, that's Stevie Wonder. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know if I should call you racist. Are you a blindest? I don't know. <laughs> blindest. <laughs> Keep going. So <laughs> holding on to the dog, onto onto the kid. The leash. What are you doing with the leash? If I hold on to the leash and I'm tying the dog to me, the dog doesn't have to pay attention. Why? Because I'm holding it to me. Holding on to my child's hand. Or the, those little harambe saving leashes, right? Like 
the kid doesn't have to focus on saying. Shout out to Harambe. Sorry. <laughs> Never forget. Um, the the kid doesn't have to focus on staying with you. Why? Because you've you've added a physical barrier, right? So instead, screw that. Instead of that, make it a game where the child's focus is instead staying with me when I'm crossing the street, not me holding the hand. Now am I not going to hold my child's hand? No, at a certain point, it's appropriate to put your dog on a leash or to hold the child's hand. But at a certain point, I want to be able to phase that out so that the attention is there and the focus is there and, and we're going past that, right? Most of the time, my hand is not held when I'm crossing the street because I pretend to be responsible enough to have earned that freedom to not do that, right? And it's the same thing with the dogs, right? At a certain point, I don't need to physically tie the dog to me because they've earned the trust, the focus is where it needs to be, and I'd like to think that I'm going to be the same type of parent where I'm going to change the focus so that the focus is somewhere else so that I can more rapidly remove myself from the situation and maintain the performance. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Just uh, I feel like our generation, not that I plan on having kids, I just think that there's a there's so much more available for like active parenting, you know, like strategic parenting, like parenting with a plan. Like I love my mom. She did a great job raising all of us, but I just don't Your don't, mom raised all of us? <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, me and my me and my siblings, mom. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my siblings and I. But uh, no, me and my siblings, I was first. I was, the, <laughs> I was the favorite. Don't tell anyone. But, uh, you know, I don't remember. That's right, Debbie. I'm the favorite, too. I couldn't have pointed out anything that she was doing that there was any strategy with, you know? Well, like, I, I think that's a, that's a really complex question and, and statement because it's a whole hell of a lot different. I'm sure it was a whole hell of a lot different when they were raising us, too, because times are constantly changing, and, and that's the only constant is that change. But... You know, look at look at screens. It's recommended that they don't have any substantial screen time until they're like eight or ten years old. That's now, it's never gonna fucking happen. I'm trying to do it. We'll see what happens. I mean, but but I'm trying because I don't look at it. Man, my three month old, three and a half. She, you, she catches sight of the TV and it's instantly she's just locked in. It's the only thing that matters. Her her head could be on fire. She'd be staring at the TV. <laughs> Not that her head's been see, on I- fire. I'm doing better than that. <laughs> but but sure. it's it's obsessive, right? And so. The, the standard is constantly changing. The American Association of Pediatrics, my wife's a doctor, name dropping. Uh, but, um, gold you know, digger. I'm not saying he's a but, gold digger. But the, the but standard is constantly changing, right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no broke ass ninja. You need, you need buttons to add in beats. Yeah, shit, that would be right? nice. Like, I need a, I need a, a more, uh, I can see soundboard over here. They're Sound actually effects. that board is uh, ready for effects. I just haven't had an effects plug-in. Put you on just it. need to do more beatboxing. You don't need effects. That's pretty sweet. So, back anyways, <laughs> the standard the standard is constantly changing, right? You're not no no back uh, no no stomach sleeping, right? Back sleeping, crib bumpers, no crib bumpers, nothing in the crib. All this stuff's constantly changing, and I think. The fact that we are so much more scientific with everything now is changing a lot of how parenting is done, as well as the fact that everything in the world is at your fingertips if you want it, is making it more of like, instead of, you know, I'm a fan of saying it, it's, it's not easy, but it's pretty easy. We used to drag these little things from cave to cave, right? You used to have to figure out how to do all this shit on your own or, or from a family member, or God forbid you're alone, like, what the hell do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. And now everything in the world's at the, the tip of your fingers. 
and you can look it all up and there's a million different sources. Now the hard part is weeding through a bunch of bullshit to find what's actually pertinent and what you believe, but it's still up to you to pick what you believe and what you want to go with. Right. But I, I fully agree with all that. I'm just saying that that is now an option. Like you yeah. could be a much more active parent Absolutely. following, you know, a lot more guided information than it was like, Oh, when my kid's loud, I'm going to tell him to shut up. Like that yeah. was, that was my mom's strategy, you know? Well, like, yeah, if he that, acts up, you make him really, really well, regret it. You somehow. know, I, I don't disagree with that either. Right. Is, no, uh, it worked. It worked. I'm, I'm not going to say that my child's going to spank because God knows it's probably going to be illegal by the time she's old enough to get spanked and actually understand it. it'll be child abuse or some shit, but you'll just train the dog to do it. We were, we all came out <laughs> fine. Did you get your ass tanned? Oh yeah, dude. Did you get your Absolutely. ass tanned? Absolutely. And we're not a bunch of fucktards. Well, I mean, no, we, we are, but not, you know, like, <laughs> not really degenerates reason. living in a ditch, like, abusing our significant others we're or anything else. We're reasonable members of yeah, society. But you Absolutely. understand consequences. Yes, sir. Yeah. And and I, uh, my biggest thing when we're, we talk about, like, the, the downslope there, which is a whole different little segue, is the nerfing of society is the, the best way that I can put it, right? Yes, uh, sir. Everybody gets a medal. Every playground is padded. I remember the playground when we were in lower school and elementary school, it was like the most dangerous place in the world. Yeah, One of my friends, Frank up. Wilson, broke his arm on his birthday <laughs> because he was standing on top of a two-by-four fence that was on top of a cross-tie wall, and he went to do a ninja kick over the <laughs> slide that came down across yes. all that because he'd just seen it was... Uh, that was Karate Kid back then, so he'd just seen like... It was probably Karate Kid Dude, too. Dude, playing then. with my sister growing up. And he up. jumped over that and fell, hooked his foot <laughs> yes. on it, swung down in the cross tie fence, broke his arm. Happy birthday. Awesome. Yeah. And now they That's actually make the ground out of mushy material. Yeah. You Have need you to been be able to hurt yourself badly. Mushy material? I mean, aside from that, though, it's like I feared my mom. I was terrified of her. My mom's and it's, Asian. It's She's so scary. crazy to see. It feels like it's the opposite, where kids are so much bossier They're of their running parents. It, yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the parent is the one who's having to acquiesce to all the... What, yeah, whatever the kid's doing, now you got to work stupid. your life around it. Well, and when, when I was little, it was... You know, if you wanted to go out and eat dinner, like going out and having dinner out was, was a fancy thing, right? You know, and it was... You, you go out with the family, and what do you do? You you sit, and you're polite, and you use your napkin, and when you're spoken to, you speak, but you wait your turn in the conversation, and people <sighs> conversed at a table. Not You didn't just sit there and play with your fucking iPhone, right? And now I go out to restaurants, and you look around, and everyone's just sitting there on the iPhone. It's like, well, why don't you just get takeout and do that at home in your pajamas? You're barely dressed nicer than that now, right? Look at... <laughs> Look at going to the airport, right? I remember getting dressed up when I was little and getting the little pilot wings and getting shown up front. That's a whole different story. Oh, Securities yeah. in the world. But people used to dress up to go fly instead of like people used to roll out of bed and people go to the airport. People put their pajamas on <laughs> yeah, to fly dance That's nasty. That is nasty. I've seen girls in airports like, in an airport. Ah, airports. There you go. Like uh, Everyone in the whole world moves through that area pretty clean. I want to be in my pajamas there. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Pajamas. Anyhow. One of the things that I've taken the most away from the dog talk so far is something I think uh, most of us as dog owners miss because a lot of what you're telling me for me, for me is common sense, but maybe it's because I have an exposure to a lot of, of dog trainers. Uh, but the thing I think I, I've missed that I, I've used but I've not put enough emphasis on is that, that flawless recall. And so Nick came over today, and one of the things that I do with my dogs is I try to get them to behave. You saw when you came over, they were too riled up by that point. 
But I had Scrappy sitting on the end of the carpet, staying there. But I opened the door with my back to Nick, and I just look at Scrappy, and I remain that I, I remain locked in, and he pays attention to me, and I I used that. But the thing that you just taught me is I I need to train that recall from the beginning better recall but well and also to recall from the beginning better absolutely so if he does go out the door you can bring him back in so hold on just because i want to make sure i understand this so for me for you know my, my sister is a big dog lover man as well for us the thing we need to do better from the beginning is just sit there and lock eyes lock attention and just have him sit and wait for the treat for time and still time up remember Duration comes over time with a variable distraction. So, but first you have to have the concept in place. Because I can so, do 30, 45 seconds at this point. And that's that's good. But, but you, you just said need three to, minutes. You just need to up your up your your distance and your distraction and your duration. Okay. Right? The three Ds. You sound like my duck, wife. Dodge, dive, dodge, duck. If duck. you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a <laughs> ball. <laughs> that's such a dope. Dominic, movie. thank you, sir. One of my clients, um, Dominic, whose wife actually sold us, Jenna Turner, awesome, thank you, sold our house, which we never thought would happen, the one in Third Ward in the hood with the donks and the elbows. <laughs> elbows um, the donks. I'm moving there next week, son. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drive through and just and, check out the donks. And found us, uh, and found us our new house. Um, we trained their dog, Hank, and um, awesome dog. Um, but every time I said, who knows what the three Ds are in group class, he'd throw out there instantly the dodgeball quote. Yeah. <laughs> he does it way better than I can too. I don't even know. Duck, dodge, dive, dodge, duck, something. You said duck twice, and then bam. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm watching dog things. Ball. Things to tweak, right? Um, your dog will place on the carpet a little bit, right? So instead, what I would do is make it easier. Get a place board. Get something more concrete. Well, height, his monster height as is that place. Monster, yeah. Same. Who cares what you call it? Call it banana, right? So get something a little bit more concrete, a little higher. Um your file box there teach him to do it on that more concrete edges more work on and off he's going to stay on it longer okay that's a good one um step two add more distractions you have to stand there and turn your back on nick and stare at the dog turn your back on the dog right turn your back on the dog tie your shoe when he'll do it with all those things going on now opening the door is a lot less of a distraction because you're already very distracting Right. Um, things like that. Right. So little, little tweaks. You're doing the right things. Just little, little tweaks that are going to help up your performance. They're going to help up your duration. They're I've gonna... almost been stuck there too long. Yeah. Yeah. And that's commonly where I see people get stuck. And when I was a client, kind of where I got stuck, I was like, ah, oh, the dog will do it for like 30 seconds. It's awesome. Well, I can leave Chelsea on a place for a long ass time with a lot going on and not worry about her. I'll go to Axelrad and place her, walk inside, get a beer. Take a piss, not necessarily in that order, and come back out, and she's still sitting there. Nice. Right? That's that's awesome, right? Um, and that's a lot of fun, and that's where it's really freeing to be able to like. I don't have to worry about like what do I do with my dog when I'm at the bar and I want to go take a piss. Well, who cares? I just she's gonna sit there. And baby steps to get to that point. I don't just go, oh, she knows a place, and we'll hold it for a minute. I can probably leave her in a bar with a couple hundred people and go do it. No, I build up to that. Reasonable expectations, right? Um, so, yeah, adding more distractions, more duration to your place command, working on that recall so you can practice that, so you can open up your door comfortably and then give him a hug, talk to him, say hi, punch him in the balls, whatever you're going to do, 
right? <laughs> Instinct, sorry. <laughs> Threaten me with a good time. Um, and then, and then, yeah, close the door and not worry because the dog's going to be there, right? Quality of life, you and the dog. Okay. The quality of life for you is not stressing when people are coming over and doors are opening and closing. Quality of life for the dog is not getting flat in the road. So the next question for me, in just I'm, I'm gathering all this information, and I do have to say we're at about a 13 minute call. We're trying to wrap at a certain point. So yeah, um, I, I I had a friend. He had a baby. Uh, Caleb Vince is the guy's name. Caleb would come over, and Jimmy gets a little bit aggressive. Now he he's not aggressive as far as he doesn't get mean or angry. He doesn't snap, but he definitely. He, the, the kid has his attention and he barks. Yeah. How do I get my dog? Because even when I walk Jimmy in the neighborhood, he's very barky at kids, and I want that to so stop. So it's, it's the same thing. You you need the obedience so that we have the tools to show the dog how I expect the dog to behave through those situations. Uh huh. So that recall, the loose leash walk, the place, the sit. The kid comes over. The dog is placing. The dog starts to show interest in the kid. You're stepping around behind and asking the dog to sit again, so the dog is turning, focusing on you, turning his back on the kid. The place helps because you're giving the dog somewhere else to focus. You got a tandem student who's super nervous, what do you do? Right? You tell them dumb jokes, you have them talk about other things, this, that, and the other. You, you, you distract like music? Them. You give them somewhere else to focus on. <laughs> Best question ever. No, I hate music. Said no one <laughs> That ever. was for Nick. You want me to sing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke Hank likes to if use. If I die young. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, He's still using that one. Oh, yes. dude. We got to get him a Proverbs book or some shit. <laughs> Mix that up a little bit. No, Hank ain't mixed it up over no, years. So no, I think he's I mixed remember up. that one. I did actually <sighs> tag him in a couple of those dad joke videos to hopefully yeah. get him some new material. Dude, I tag him <laughs> on every single one of them, man. I share that shit with him. So now so, I, I've got my dog there. So you, basically, we need to focus on you. Somewhere productive. Put that Instead of saying, if I say, don't worry about your parachute failing. What is every tandem student worrying about? My parachute fails. Absolutely. If I instead go, look at how awesome that skyline is over there. Yeah. What are they thinking about? You're redirecting somewhere positive. And sure. that's what we need to do with the dogs. You just need the tools to do that. And the tools to do that are is that obedience. So my dog, we're hanging out, we're chilling, and this child comes nearby so like, well, sit I again, give, I, sit, remember, sit means bottom touching the ground, wherever I am, wherever you are, whenever I say it and eye contact. So it might mean so now the dog move is my dog looking to you. Now, I'm going to do a combination of those things because you've got multiple people, entities to protect the dog, the child. Right. Sure. Um, and so if that means positioning my dog somewhere where I can go, oh, hey, little Jimmy's kid, come this way instead then that's fair to your dog and that's fair and, and protective of the child, right? Sure. But you don't wanna you don't wanna constantly remove the dog from the situation. So my my situation, right? I'm staying home with the kid. The dog toggles, has it still gets anxious. My my little sister lives in town, two nieces, uh almost a year, a year in September second, and um two and a half, right? And as I saw Isla, my sister's older child, go through these changes where all of a sudden they're rolling over and crawling. And all of a sudden they're standing up and walking. And then all of a sudden they're running. Toggles would get nervous through those times, right? Because yeah. big changes, something he's not used to. All of a sudden, now it's happening. I would have to go back to using more of that obedience to help him make good decisions <laughs> so that he could start building a base of experiences so he could earn the trust. What's the trust? 
the other day, Isla bent over and kissed Toggles on the forehead. Oh. If you asked me if that I ever thought that would have happened yeah, yeah. five years ago, the answer would have been definite no, someone's going to be bleeding, right? Yeah. And now, does that mean that I'm just going to leave them alone in a room? No, never. That's, that's dumb, right? And, and don't even get me started on pit bulls versus other dogs. But any dog, right? They're, sure. You know, it's not fair to the dog if the kid is pulling the dog. You have to train the kid, too. Right? Absolutely. I, I, if, if I poke you enough, hard enough, for long enough, you're going to punch me. In the balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Right, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Right? And it's the same with dogs. How do dogs communicate? Body language, vocalizing, communicating, touching. Right? How do they touch? They don't have thumbs. Right? They use their mouth. So my dogs are so uh, scrappy. We actually did, we we knew he could bark. We knew he made noises, but he was essentially a mute. He which almost, out of a beagle is ridiculous. Oh, dude, he almost never barked. Almost never made a noise <laughs> at all, um, except for when he's sleeping. And when he sleeps, he makes the cutest. I, I can't even make Little the noise. It sounds dreams. like a drop. Little puppy dream. He's making like I can't make the drop noise, but you know the classic cartoon like whoop noise. He makes that. Where's John yeah. Barry when we need him? Uh, exactly. Ah, good um, what's, he, the, what's the guy from Police Academy's name? Uh, Michael Winslow. Michael yeah, Winslow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, I can't remember his name in the show. but um, uh, So if adults walk by my house, my dogs don't care. Jimmy incites Scrappy to bark. Scrappy was a mute until Jimmy showed up. Jimmy's a yapper. Scrappy goes with him. And so, But adults walk by, they don't care. Dogs walk by, kids walk by. Either or together, they're fucking just ridiculous yep. so at this point what I've done and, and I'm looking to see if I need to change what I've done but what I've done is when they start going ballistic I call them to me I tell them to sit I get them to do something and then I tell them that they're doing a good job at what they're doing how how can I get my dogs to stop barking at the fucking window that's, that's every really, time I walk that's up? really good so so I would continue doing what you're doing but call them to you and then release them they go to do it again instantly call them to you and then release them Right, so that, so that now. So I've gone a step too far once again. There's no, 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 not really, not really. You're just at some point you have to phase that out and just essentially show that there's a a, a barrier. That's the other thing you do. Is you could just create a barrier there, essentially, not not a physical barrier, a mental barrier, right? But um, your dog goes and barks at the window. Come sit, good sit, break. Dog goes and does what it wants. Goes to the door again. Come to me again. Sit, break. The dog will see that if they're consistently redirected away from that action, it's it's a waste, right? You don't do aspects of your job that you're not paid for, right? Well, w- the three of us in the room, I like to think, are a little bit of gunners or go-getters, so we probably do. We do a lot of giving right? back in our industry. Absolutely. And well, and that's just the drive and persona that's once again lacking in today's people. For the Lazy-ass kids. Yep. <laughs> Uphill both ways in the snow. Anyways, so... um. But, but you know what I mean. You don't do things that you aspects of your job that you're not paid to do. You don't clean toilets at the drop zone. He does sweep the floor, though. That's true. That's on oh, picking up trash. That's just once again being a good employee in general. I don't care no, if it's your job he uses the carpet zamboni and sweeps. Well, the that floor. thing is awesome. I remember when we got that thing. Is it still the same sweeper? The push yep. manual one. The yellow one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Yeah, buddy. I like it's, that. Thing. Uh, we're due for an upgrade. Well, it's, it's I want one of the out. powered ones. I was trying to get HP to get one of the powered, like the ones that sweep and mop. That you ride on, I that wor- would be sweet. I worked in a mall in college after hours and had to clean the floor with one of those things. 
And, dude, I felt like I was in a little mini Zamboni, like, oh, chilling yeah. through the mall. You know, a mall at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're a college student, riding one of those things, studying notes, worked out money. So, yeah. um, uh, so sounds like, man, I, I, I wish... So one of the purposes of cutting these a little bit shorter is is just part of our growth process, and another part of it is is we, we want to leave the audience wanting more, and this is something that we've talked about. And goddamn, I want more, Nick. I want more. Hey, you got his number? I got your number, baby. Um, He's just like trying it. to get more free dog training advice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It's something I'm passionate about, and I'd, I'd it'd be a lot of fun. Let's we got to shoot, but we got to come back and we'll talk about dogs again. I'd love to do more of it. Corbett Post is a competition competitive archery shooter. Archery, really? But yeah. Does he do the 3D archery? Do you know? I you don't know, but he's about to take me out. Like him and I are setting up sometime soon to go shoot. He awesome. wants to introduce me to archery and and uh, and uh, uh, I forget what he called it, but basically uh, accuracy shooting, competitive shooting. Very cool. Uh, he shoot he he shoots both three four times a week. He says nice. Um, so, uh, you, you might want to talk to him about yeah. it. I mean, you, 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 I think you've got to a point now where you've got to be very buddies with him. Yeah. I thought is a sweetheart. He's of a fantastic. Fella. He's a good old country He's boy. Fantastic. He, he is a, he's a lovely man. But what I've, I've really got tonight is a, I do need to do a better job of recall of keeping their attention with my attention, but then adding distraction to recall because I, I, I need to do one better. Make it real life. And grow the other one. Right. Everyone always says, oh, well, my, you know, they come in and they're, my dog can do it, but, you know, there's too much going on right now. Well, then your dog can't do it. Right. People oh, say I, beagles I can are fall perfectly flat and stable, but there was a lot going on and somebody burbled me and blah, blah, blah. Well, I heard a bunch of butts and excuses. Doesn't yeah. matter. You can't do it. Right. Uh, hopefully we're not hearing that in skydiving. But, you know, um, you know, um, if you can't do it in real life, you can't do it with distractions. You can't do it with squirrels. You can't do it. So up your game, um, be able to train more efficiently and across different different avenues and around different distractions and and up your game until that doesn't matter what's going on there and you can live your life in the real world where there are distractions with your dog the way you want to. I uh, I've been told by many people I've had beagles and they're untrainable and they're much like people you cannot train an animal the same way every time you have to adapt to their training methodologies and most of my friends door means sit by the back door we've we've gotten the door command down so well for our dogs that when jimmy wants to go outside he sits by the back door and just stares at me i'm like oh well you're at the door and they want and they have to be released we can open the door and that's part of the keeping them from running is we've trained them to the back door. And now we're associating the Do same commands to the front door. We're working on okay, it. Okay, good. No, we're working I was on it. Like shit, you got no, it. No, and, and we are we are a, a a much larger way there than we used to be. I think you when you saw Scrappy come in, I think you were kind of shocked the way we had. Yeah, him. I was I was shocked to see him being so well behaved. Yeah, we have to isolate them one at a time, and that's one thing that I think people don't get yeah. is you sometimes have to put one dog away and keep the other dog out. Um, I want to briefly touch uh, on the last kind of question I have when it comes to dog training is something I've been a huge fan of my entire life is crate training. But the thing that I see is a crate training is used too long. There's an amount of time a dog could be crated. I know people who crate their dog nighttimes for sleep and daytime when they're at work. And I'm like, God damn, that dog's in a crate 16 hours a day. That's rough. Here's the thing, though. Um I don't know, because depending on the individual, depending on the dog, depending on the situation, you're sure. helping the dog make good situ good decisions. Yeah. What are we in right now? 
It's got four walls. It's got a door. It's got a ceiling. It's got a floor. It's a crate. It's just a big fancy crate with TVs and microphones and all this kind of fun stuff in it. A crate for a dog, they don't have the same perception of it that we do. Right? It's a den, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a room, right? It's that's people humanizing dogs and applying their own stigmas and bullshit to things that the dogs don't necessarily have. Now, dogs are reading microfacial expressions and all that fun stuff, so they may give those looks because they see it on you first. Um, really good. If you got Netflix, uh, Nat Geo did a video on the science of dogs, and it talks about some really fun stuff with them reading microfacial expressions and some cool ex- experiments that they do with dogs. And that's a, a cool little video. There's good parts, like anything else. I, I plagiarize and steal what I like, and, and there's some stuff that I ignore. But um, Does this look like it right here? It's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm sure it is. Science of Dogs is the name of this? Yeah. It's, it- it's a cool video, and there's some really good parts. There's one where they do, you know, talking about what domestication is. Domestication, to me, means the dogs look to us for direction. Right. I've trained a couple of wolves and, you know, they do not look to us for direction the same way that the dogs do. Right. So anyways, with crates, I'm a fan of crate training. I love it. It's safety for the dog. It's safety for you. There's only so many thousands of dollars worth of furniture and couches and things can be destroyed or peed Mm -hmm. on before you're forced to realize that there's a better way to go about these things. And, you know, um, they have their time. You know, the, t- the crate to me is nothing if the dog doesn't understand what it ex- what I expect out of it. So when I teach a dog yeah. to, to crate train, I'm sorry if we're running over, but this one's we're super We're going to go a few important. minutes over. There's no doubt. This one's super important. So I'll take a crate and I'll open it up and I'll teach the dog kennel. So I direct them with the leash into the kennel. The second they go into the kennel, break, come out to me, get a treat. Now, what's the concept? What did the dog learn? Go in the thing. I'll tell you when you're released. You come out to me, get paid. Awesome. I find that, and I'm going to circle back to where I'm going there, but Uh I feel like a lot of times my definition of a command is different than the dog's, or the client's definition of the command is different than the dog's understanding of that command. So simplifying things and getting everyone on the same page as far as definitions and expectations, part of being consistent, consistency, motivation, reward, so that it's fair to the dog and they understand the same expectations that I'm holding them to and judging them on, right? So go in the kennel, I release you, come out to me, get paid. When they understand that as a concept, you're not forcing a dog in. And we teach this to dogs all the time who are giant, aggressive, huge, strong, adverse fear of crates and being locked up to the point where my, you know, my I have clients who have, their dogs have done tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage between couches and walls and doors and drywall and all kinds of shit, right? So go in the kennel. I'll release you. Come out to me. Get paid. Now what do I do? I add duration to it. Go in. Hang out in there for five seconds. I'll release you. Come out to me. Go in. Hang out for five seconds. Come out to me. Go in for two seconds. Come out to me. Go in for 10 seconds. Come out to me. But they're waiting to be released, Now I'm going to add more distractions. The door closing, the door opening, but not being released yet. Yeah. Right? Now they're they're looking to me. They're not just following the pattern of the door opens and I get to bolt out. They need permission to bolt out. Your front door is open. Your dog's looking to you for direction to go through the doorway. Not just the, the door's open, bolt the fuck out. No, you take your dog on a walk, you probably go out through the front door. Right? 
they have your permission to go through the door in that circumstance. Our dogs how do they, at this point. Yeah, how do they differentiate? They need to look to me for that direction. I will tell them what I expect them to do until they're starting to make better decisions. End goal, you're going to check your mail at the mailbox. You leave your front door open. What are the dogs doing? They're sitting at the front door inside the threshold waiting. Why? Because that's what you do before a door, right? Things like that. Quality life. It makes sense. The, the other issue I wonder about the crates, or at least I, and please help me if I'm wrong here, the thing that I see that I believe is inherently wrong with crate training is people will commonly use their crates as a normal situation, but then also use it as a punishment. The dog misbehaves and they yeah. walk dogs, in the crate. Dogs are social creatures. Isolation is, is totally punishment to them. I don't think that's right. Um, I also am a big fan of, I mean, dogs are a big commitment. You know, you're signing up for hopefully yes, at least 10 to 15 years, right? Hopefully. So, yeah. yeah, right? And so if you don't have time for a dog, don't get a dog. Yeah. Don't get a dog. Um, there's there's plenty of other, you know, there's goldfish and beta fish and all kinds of other little things out there that require a lot less care and a lot less money. And yeah. if you can't drop $1,000 randomly at any point in any given year on a dog... You shouldn't own one because you're going to. They're going to eat something and you're going to randomly... You, you have to be prepared for, for that eventuality at least, yeah. right? Um, I don't even know how much... I just spent $500 on Trifexis the other day for, for three of the dogs that I have. It's not even counting the fourth one, right? And that'll get me through the next six months or so. So... Trifexis, good product. If you want to sponsor me, that's fantastic. Do you um, sponsor me too? <laughs> I like NextGuard in the shot a lot too. Yes. Because NextGuard does ticks, and ticks are becoming more and more of a problem. I think we but went from Trifexis to NextGuard. I, Next I got to look because ours does ticks and, and mosquitoes. Flicks. Yes. And then you do a shot, a twice yearly shot that is the ivermectin shot that prevents the heartworms. Whatever Corbett Post recommends, which might be Trifexis. You, you whatever, whatever he's given you, he's given me. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. Dude, Those guys are awesome. Paraland Pet Health Center. I do. I really can't, I, can't plug that one enough. When Lisa's last greyhound was dying with from osteosarcoma, bone cancer, which is common in greyhounds, ooh. he took her in the back and showed her the slides. Now she's medicine, right? So she knows what she's looking at, but they go above and beyond. When you get lab results, Dr. Manley May, the practice owner, calls you mm -hmm. to give you your lab results. Yeah. That's unheard of. Normally you're getting someone not not to knock the the front desk people or the or the vet techs or anybody, but normally you're getting it from one of those guys, not someone you interact with. You're getting it from them. You're getting yeah. customer service that's above and beyond. And like you said, I'll pay extra for that all day long and I'll feel infinitely better about it. And you I got a, just a great relationship and always a good feel from the second I started with those guys. So. Every vet tech and every vet, because they've gone through, besides Dr. Post and, and Dr. May, you know, there's Dr. Zoo who's been gone now. Yeah. There's a, they come and go. But every single interaction with one of our animals, every single one, begins with two to, three, two to five minutes, three to five minutes of them purely interacting with our animals. Mm -hmm. They... they it, it, the, the wait can be a touch long here and there, but it's because they create relationships with your animals. I, I equate it to you can go to a county hospital or a county ER to, to get your health care done, or you can find a private family practice doctor, and one of them is going to treat you better, know you better, understand your history, understand, and, and you know, find a good vet. But we're talking to a dog expert here, and, and I think you understand that word, you are. 
and Paraland Pet Health Center, you still travel to mm-hmm. make it to these folks. Absolutely. Um, guys, if, if I cannot recommend sit me sit enough, uh, uh, HP of course is the, the owner and he is my first exposure, but what's that guy's name? Boston really <laughs> taught me a lot. You've yep. taught me a lot, uh, not just through these conversations, but others, uh, hit up critter. He can definitely help you with a sit me sit crowd. He can definitely guide you in the right directions. He's a trainer himself, but also of course, a lot of your friends are trainers because, uh, you guys have three franchises now, I believe. So, yep. Sit me sit, uh, Houston, Katie and the Woodlands, um, as well as, you know, uh, some involvement in Dallas. One of the, one of the things I really love about sit me sit is the fact that it is a franchise. So we have, uh, I think it's over 130 franchises across the globe that you know normally you have a problem in the dog training world you don't really have anyone to reach out to right it's kind of dog eat dog no yeah totally intended but you can't you know it's it's every man for themselves so with sit means sit we got a big base we got a lot of people we got a lot of top minds that you can reach out to and get help when it is something that's you haven't seen or something different or you need a different tweak on it or like you said different dogs learning different ways Right. And so um, being able to, to reach out to all those different people is super, super helpful. But, yeah, we got a bunch of trainers. Um, so it means it's growing a lot. They're, they're getting ready to break ground. Actually, yesterday or the day before, HP was meeting with the, uh, the architect um, on for a piece of property that he owns, that Sit Means Sit owns, on building the new facility. Um, he's gotten heavily into dock diving and they're going to have a dock at the new facility. And nice. so there's a lot of really exciting, really fun stuff. We may have to do one of these mobile at some point because that would be a really sweet, sweet I, uh, thing to do. Mobile is a little bit hard for us to do with, with some of the equipment, but I actually do know how to run this setup mobile. Um, nice. it's, it's a little bit of a challenge, but it's a challenge I can handle. Yeah. Um, Critter really, uh, not Critter, your Critter, HP, man, I would encourage them to consider the Paraland area. I'm a huge advocate of this city. We're listed in the top 15 growing suburbs and towns in America. Yeah. Uh, 110,000 people. Uh, dude, our real well, estate and the, value. And the new, yeah, that highway's had to, the 288 expansion and then the med center yeah. growth here has got up and really We've got strong. A, the, the nickname is Pearland is Caroland because of the med center growth and a lot of med center folks living here. This house in four years has gained 25% property value. The other house in 10 years has gained 50 or excuse me, 40% property value. Nice. So this is a place that I, I really, it, it's, uh, you know, that those values show what kind of people we're drawing and we're drawing families and yeah. we're drawing people with dogs. So, Hey, harass Ivan for me. Who's Nego? He was, he was our Pearland guy. Um, but you know, the, the hard part of like, like migrant yeah. people in skydiving, you, you get good people and you, you just got to do everything you can to motivate them and keep them, Keep them growing. That's one thing that Sit Means Sit's really, really, really good about is taking care of us and keeping us growing and growing with the uh, with the company so that everyone stays involved. But uh, we had we had somebody doing it and working Pearland out here, but it's just it's hard because Houston's big. big so we need big, to help big. you find you guys a new person to help with big, the Pearland area. Big. Oh, we got to talk with HP on that one, but I'm that sure. Does, yeah, I'm sure, right? Because uh, you know we're good people. I've I've gotten highly involved with a lot of business owners lately. I say involved personal life here in the Panland area. So we'll talk more about that offline. Yeah. Uh, for now, I really want to push towards a wrap. And, and before I, we do that, is there anything else you want to share with the dog world in your life? Um, I would just encourage everyone <laughs> to think about quality of life for you and the dog, 
right? Um, all training is going to do is further the bond between you and the dog, and you're going to be able to do more with your dog, right? Um, last little story, and I'll wrap really quick. I started training for toggles, um, the little chihuahua mutt, and ripcord, <laughs> my dog who I've had for, God, almost 13 years now. I found myself just taking toggles out to the bar with me. Why? Because toggles had gotten all that training because he had specific behavioral issues. And all of a sudden toggles was the easy dog to take out. Right. And ripcord was getting left at home and all these guilty parent feelings. Like it's not your fault. I didn't know how to do all this. Then I just start training with him. Why? Because he didn't have the same quality of life. I couldn't take him out as easy as the other dog. And, and that's what it's about. Training wherever you get it is about, being able to, to experience life with the dog. The whole reason you got the dog. Get some training or do some research online so you can do more of what you got the dog for in the first place. Train him to love, man. You bought that dog. You purchased that dog. You earned that dog. You you got that dog for free. Whatever it was, you got that dog for love and compassion. And give that dog love and compassion. And, Absolutely. And treat it that way. And, and, you know, no matter what I've learned, I've learned that love is reciprocal and those dogs will act that way. Mr. P, we're, we're about to wrap. Anything else you want to bring into the party? I'm good, man. You're good? Yeah. Well, you know what to do with that little old beat-up phone next to you. I'm all over it. Um, Folks, appreciate you coming here. And next week we are looking at a guest. I have not spoke to the guest yet. And uh, while he's queuing up the music, I'll ask the guest, Nick, you're our guest next week. Congratulations. Oh, man, I'm back on the couch. You at, you, you <laughs> said you're ready for it. Oh, man, who's going to who's gonna drive back uh, here? Ben Nelson. So the three of us need to find a date next week that's going to work. I prefer Thursday. I'll tell you why later. Till then, Mr. P. Word. Critter Weiss. I'm DJ Marvin. This is uh, Gravity Lab Radio. Blue Skies. We are out. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs>